All of these things. Hey, all right. Welcome to another episode of the Dissect Podcast. We're jumping into the middle of a fucking conversation. I just hit record because I can't <laughs> listen to these two guys go back and forth any longer without well, well, having a permanent record. Well, well we're talking. And, and so, so, Michael, what we're talking here. about? I'm here. Scott Baggies. Scott Baggies. Um, Hi, everybody. It needs no introduction. I, I was going to actually try. To, knows me. Oh, I was going to try to introduce this and slaughter this, but. Only not from the a technical sense of of who you are, because no, fuck that. Just go go on talking about this, like, um, oh, the goodness of humanity, and then yes, I'll come back yeah, to yeah, this yeah, because yeah, I yeah, do yeah, want to yeah, get yeah, into yeah, this. Great. So we're talking about the goodness <laughs> Please, of humanity. You are uh, on the wall listening to somebody, uh, a, a number of people, okay, do a through. survey for the movie theater. I mean, I'm sorry for the for the production company about the movie The Counselor, which Cormac McCarthy wrote. Only movie he's ever written. Mm. And uh, it's in Vegas, and it's an, a matinee, and it's in, it's a, in casino. a casino. That's yeah, <laughs> it's in a casino. So Because don't leave the casino. I well, mean, you and, can go see a movie. It was the closest, closest movie theater where we were climbing. So you know, anyway. And we can all already deduct that we're dealing with the highest class citizens because we're in a casino. Well, so... so well, depends and, which and, well, casino I'll, you're I'll, in. I'll rewind <laughs> to say that during the movie... Uh, my partner Amy and I were were watching this movie, and throughout the movie, people were saying, "What's going on now?" <laughs> or, or, to, or the husband to the wife, like, "Honey, I don't understand what's going on." <laughs> the, like through the whole movie, and 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 let me just reiterate one of the phrases that floated <laughs> out here a second ago was, "It's only complicated if you're stupid." <laughs> <laughs> to which I needed to reply, oh, so it's a lot like life. Yeah, right, exactly. And, and so you're listening to this thing, and I like it, my um, my sense of humanity uh, is a little bit begrudged. You, Be- I guess. Be- Ooh, we're gonna. You're gonna. I need you to search for another word. Okay, tonight it is. Really, I'm gonna push you on this one. Okay, um, because you already misused deduct, which when you meant deduce, we can deduce that because deduct we're taking take away, away from. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say, like... You got in, a fucked up attitude about people. In, in, no, uns- <laughs> in, no, in, in no uncertain terms, yes. So like, okay. W- w- um, and what reminded me of this is a story. So you're talking about surveys and interviews. And so th- this story comes to mind whenever people are like, people are good and everything's going to be great and humanity is going to be totally okay. I go, uh, A&W, the root beer yeah, brand right, and also right. burger joint decided that they wanted to compete with McDonald's and the quarter pounder. They're like, those guys are taking all the money. Our burger is better. We're going to make it better. So they came out with the third pounder thinking like, fuck those guys. We're just doing a little bit bigger, a little bit better. Well, guess what? It flops and it fails and they survey why this happens. And it turns out it the was, majority of people thought, why would I buy that? I can buy a bigger burger by buying the quarter pounder because they thought four is bigger than three. And it w- so they would have just been and, better off leaving it called the teen burger or whatever the it papa, was. No, the papa, the papa like, burger was, was the big pop, one. Yeah. The papa was the big one, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the teen was the little one. Right. right. But Medium I just, size. Medium but size. The and then the baby burger. burger. But all those... 
Is there a tween burger? That, yeah, there's a tween burger, and there's now a there Me is. Too burger apparently because that's that's <laughs> the problem you'd have today calling anything anything. So I, I don't have much hope for humanity. Yeah, because three is definitely smaller <laughs> than okay, four. Okay, so so I'm gonna go deep right away. I'm just gonna, I, I'm please, just gonna go it. deep this immediate instant. So I, I tried online dating. So I just go right there, you know, and you guys can yeah. laugh at me, which I you know it's it's good. To this is convenient. Is this yeah. like a swipe left kind of deal, or is this uh, more uh, I, more formal? Matter. Doesn't matter, okay? Because that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> just trying to get a that, mental picture. That one of the, the one of my things that I put in there, like I would put all these check valves so that no one would yeah. reply to my profile. Yeah, absolutely. Of so course. try and like limit, gravely limit anyone that would ever want to talk to Scott Backies. <laughs> and so, like you know, I would put stuff like you know, if you're a fan of Carl Rove, don't reply, right? Something like that. Yeah. But then the the last thing that I put. Uh, uh, w- was that one of my biggest spiritual uh, quests at this particular point in my life was to find compassion for the tea partiers, <laughs> N- not not their leaders, you know, <laughs> just the people who fall yeah. in line, just the people that you know, and 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 I would try and see what people would answer me. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I bet you And so 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 because I'm not like Michael, Mark knows this about me. Like there's a I'm about as you know, I'm I can be pretty dark and you know and I'm a Pollyanna. And I really actually believe that. Like one of my spiritual quests in life is to find compassion for the tea partiers because See, because most people, if they're in an online dating situation, especially dudes, they're looking for someone <laughs> who will teabag them. <laughs> and, and so I, I'm guessing that when people are like reading the profile, they're, they're, they see what they, what you wrote is not what they read. They read looking for a compassionate teabagger. <laughs> Hence people responded, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it was, it was in horrible. a way that you found that was, unexpected. It was a, yeah. It was a wave of replies. You know? It's the best like way. Backfired. As yeah. they were waving. Is yeah. the best way to find a date is to put out political questions and surveys to find which comes back yeah right so (laughs) turn this on a sensitive subject immediately so so when um people would review this profile and uh and apparently you had some responses no oh <laughs> no, Hashtag I, still so looking. I so I did, you know, right? Exactly. So I did, you know, I, I, and I went and I went on some dates, and so I would ask them about that. Yeah, and uh, you know, sometimes they would say stuff like, uh, "I I can't imagine how you could possibly find any compassion for the Tea Partiers," and I'd be like, "Dude, I agree with you. I agree with I agree with you. I agree with your philosophy, but I'm wondering when that's going to get aimed at me." <laughs> so, wow so, so, so speed dating took so, on a totally so, different <laughs> and, and i'll just tell you that i that i uh you know i i actually really did uh you know find uh an amazing woman so uh you know so hashtag off the market yeah yeah anyway I, I, by virtue but, of you know empathizing with a adversary yeah Perfect. Yeah. I like that. So I I am taken back actually to our discussion about um, one of those early discussions about social media. 
Mm -hmm. and about how, Michael, you were surprised that I was using social media for a purpose, yes, which was to rehearse my book. Uh And I'm just thinking like right now, wow, Scott (laughs) was using the whole, uh, like in in a way not to cast the widest net possible, Mm. but to make the, the... the holes in the filter so small. Semi-permeable membrane. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you mean waterproof breathable? <laughs> Which it's not. Which it's but not. Don't, don't you think, like, in, 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 a, in an unjoking manner, don't you think that, like, a lot of the honesty that you put into that very simple premise that you put into a profile or a question or, or a description of yourself was actually the thing that works as opposed yeah, yeah. to everybody, yes. which is like, I'll yes. take what I can fucking get. Right. And I, instead by saying like, no, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm specific. Um, th- that That's a genuine way to actually speak to somebody as like a, an organic, like oh, that person saying something that's honest, which is not Yeah, but you're going to speak to the nine other people who are being honest on the like, Right. So, so if I didn't, if I if I didn't get anyone, you know, like if if my profile eliminated all subjects, yeah, <laughs> so be it. So be it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, uh, and I put down, you know, so the, you know, like they ask you weird stuff, right? Like, mm. I don't know if you guys have done this, but I'll just. No. So they they would ask you like, what what books have you recently read? Ooh. And uh, <laughs> would get weird. And and so you know <laughs> no the, the books that I the books that I read like you know all ten other people that that read the trade fiction from the New York Times you know <laughs> and uh, one of the one of my favorite recent books is I the guy the guy who wrote uh, English Patient yeah oh yeah wrote yeah. A, wrote another book called Skin of the Lion which is a lot more lyrical and mystical okay and I, I just love that book and I actually found someone. Uh, you know, when I was searching that, I'd read that book. And I was like, oh, my God, you, me, and four other people, you know. It, it, it's a really beautiful book. You so know? you weren't putting down that Robert Stone was your favorite author? <laughs> well, what, what I was going to say is you could really you could really narrow. Sorry, inside the, joke. The, no. the abridgment of hope is, is what I'm looking for every single day. Every single fucking day. Yeah. You yeah. would have yeah. your yeah. own filter in another means by just, you know, if, if you wanted to select for slightly overweight, depressed Ben and Jerry's soothing kind of female, you would just say, like, in order of 10 books, like, Sue Grafton, M is for murder. <laughs> Sue Grafton, F is for whatever the fuck that book was about. <laughs> yeah. Just go right. to a series of mystery right. novels, and right. then you find your your true your love. Yeah. yeah, your soulmate. <laughs> Trade fiction. <laughs> Trade yeah. fiction. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Holy shit. I, you could have like... some fun with that. Like, I, I'm not single, but that could be a fun game. What Fishing. Yeah. What what comes back if I put out X? It's a it's an experiment in sociology, really. A, f- a friend of mine so says, with a really depressing answer. No, not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. Uh, okay. Well, your your glass is always half full, man. But yeah, lay it on me. I know. Well, no, no. So <laughs> Mark's glass is always half empty. My glass is ha- full of piss. <laughs> it's like how I or as Joe Holmes says, yeah, three quarters empty, <laughs> or whatever the fuck that was. Pretty funny. I, I, honestly, I'm I, you know I have outed myself on this podcast as a closet optimist. Yeah, mm. um, so I'm I'm with you. Yeah, actually, and, and you know like the uh, the whole thing with the tea party thing though mm. is is it it's like there's this uh, uh, innate rage that I have against the machine mm. and have since I was a small child and. Uh, I did a lot of work to, you know, let go of a lot of my past. So 
it, it's not the same as it was. You know, it doesn't drive me. Like my, you know, Mark, Mark knows my favorite joke is when people ask me uh, how I started alpine climbing, I, I don't answer them. I say, well, you don't start alpine climbing because you're happy. And and, uh, and and you know so so that keeps them from asking what your favorite route was, right? Right. <laughs> then then we're done with that. Then the conversation's done, and I can move exactly. on to something else completely. But the 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 deal for me is every time that I don't do that, every time that I don't feel compassion for the Tea Party people, it takes up space in my head. Yeah. And there's a you know there's a really old uh thing i i can't uh resentment is like taking poison and hoping the other person dies yes right i i think you're on like in in a, in a very real manner i think you're on to something like this and, and it's not a holier than thou it's no. not a love all god's children kind of premise it really is like if i take time to actually understand why somebody came to a thought process that will make me a better thinker. It won't make me agree with that person. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not accepting their behavior. And this yeah, comes period. back. The, the, the reason this comes back is, is because it's pure logic. Like pure logic comes. This would be called proof by contradiction, right? If I yeah. can take what you're giving me and I will assume that it's true, I can have compassion for what you're appealing for. And in the end, as soon as you hit a barrier and find that contradiction, I know that I'm right or that like you're wrong or whatever the, the premise is, but I know how you arrived there. You just didn't see the impasse. Yeah. And, and for me, the, the, uh, the compassion part mm. is to know that, um, well, there's, there's like a, 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 a thing that I ha have been kind of thinking about recently, which is, uh, it's really hard to know where to put your worry and, and you know, for, for all of us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have to put it somewhere. And so if you put it in the, in the place of uh, honesty and, and, uh, and with your friends, the relief you get is not that you don't worry. It's that it's lessened enough that it doesn't take up a bunch of your daily life, right? And, and if you don't do that, if you can't do that, if it's a, if there's no mechanism in place for you to be able to have that on a kind of honesty with your friends, it's going to rot inside of you, and uh, and grow out of proportion because you yes. because you will start to associate with people who also can't yes you know who yes. you know like like minded whatever but who also can't um, and so they put that worry yeah. put it in the yeah on onto something and then it becomes if you're if you're a crazy liberal you know which I'm pretty close to, uh, but I'm trying not to be the crazy part. Exactly. Then, then you put it in one place. You know, yeah. if you're a Trump supporter, you Did put you just it point at me and say Trump supporter? No, <laughs> no, okay, I'm just no a, hand in the yeah, air. Yeah, okay, no. okay, okay. Oh my God. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I know you I are. took offense, but I know not really. I know some offense. Are. Yeah. Yeah. So th this is <laughs> <laughs> some offense. Th this is a, that, that's an interesting premise. First of all, to, to, to identify what the crazy part of our own belief system is, because there's always going to be something that uh, is a little bit illogical, or it's just the fervor of you know the environment that we've built around us. But I think it's also not having something that is, you know, imminent or important enough to to to, to grab your energy. Mm. It's like I mean, okay, I don't. Everything's pretty comfortable. Yeah, but yeah. I got this habit of, you know 
being against something because I because being for something is obviously too fucking positive. <laughs> so I got this habit of being against something, and if everything's going great, what is that? I have to fucking manufacture it, right? In a way, and th- I mean, so, so that's what I see because I'm thinking like, okay, in the beginning, the original fellows that threw that party in Boston, mm-hmm. there was a legitimate situation. The follow up to that is like, oh, I get, I understand the sentiment. It is simply misdirected and made right. up at this point because this is largely a fucking issue of, you know, it, it, it's a middle class or better issue. I, I call oh, it like well, I'm I call it down I call with it, the tea party and I'm shopping at Whole Foods. I call it the paranoia mm-hmm. of the white patriarchy. Uh, so the, that, that's who the tea party is to me. Now, there's women that are part of that and they've bought yeah. into the white pa- patriarchy, mm-hmm. but. You know, that's who those folks are. I'll, I'll go a little bit deeper um, and say that all of this shit is just stories that we've kind of agreed to. Like everything, like the 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 fact that democracy is a thing is just a story that we're like, mm-hmm, yeah, if we all vote, then, you know, this happens. And money is no different. It's a story. How'd that work out paper. with your HOA? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, it's the same thing. Like, stories are useful until they cause, like, until people forget that they're stories like i'm a liberal democrat or i am a trump supporter my story is that this is the truth and this is the way it should be it's just a fucking story either side like none of it is actually true it's just a way to contain or organize civilization to get us to move a certain direction the same reason that a piece of money we're like "Uh uh-huh that's that piece of paper that's worth uh twenty dollars and it's worth this much because I'm going to exchange this for a very nice lunch or whatever the thing is. Nothing be good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. To me, Denmark be a prison. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and so I kind of want to. I want to take one step back. Well, it's expensive, but <laughs> it's expensive. But and the expectations are really low, but they're really happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to step back because I do want to try to botch a formal introduction because I think this is <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's my attempt at a, um, trying to organize whatever the fuck this is, which I'm really excited about. So uh, I have met you on a few occasions, but I have heard about you. And if I was going to try, um, although Mark has many climbing partners, if I was going to, if, if someone said Mark's climbing partner, I would think of Scott Backey's from what I've heard in stories that were important and pictures that I've seen and stuff like from afar, the story that I've made of you is that you are Mark's climbing partner. And a lot of the lessons that I get benefit from are actually usually a part of the humor that you bring to it or, you know, the, the seriousness uh, of the situation. And so I have felt kind of like a, you know, uh, maybe I'm peeking from beyond someplace, but, uh, a surrogate friend because I've got the total benefit of what you've given Mark and what you guys have shared together. So if that is inaccurate, then you can correct me because I know you do. I don't want to offend any of your other climbing partners, but that's that, that's why I was excited about you coming in here. Thank you. That's a sweet thing to say. I didn't mean it to be. I meant to insult both of you at the same time. No, I, I'm just I'm Yeah, just, you succeeded. Yeah, I got nothing on that um, other than... Well, here's what I'll say. Here's so, what I'll well, how, how how did it start? Like, I mean, uh, how how the fuck did you guys find each other? Hey, kid, you want to make twenty bucks? <laughs> did you tell a story fuck you, about pervert <laughs> <laughs> or whatever? Like, 
so, so, so how it really happened, I believe that our friendship's basis was a single line, uh, which was, uh, I fell down the goddamn basement stairs. And, uh, and that was uttered. So we originally <laughs> met at a house in Seattle. Mm-hmm. In the Ravenna neighborhood, it might have even been on that fucking street. I can't remember the exact address, but it was a house that I um, shared with Scott Northy and Dan Lopesca. And uh, you and Mascioli was been eighty five. Yeah, you were coming back from Hunter, right? After a fuel bottle exploded. Yeah, uh, in a backpack tent. or tent. Well, it, yeah, in the in the in the pack, but you know, then it, then when I opened the pack in the bivy tent that night to make dinner. Yeah. <laughs> You got a hot dinner? <laughs> no, it wasn't on fire, but you oh. know, imagine a tiny little bivouac tent in a storm with a full bottle of gasoline that's emptied into your pack, and then you open your pack. Hoping to use that gasoline to, to ignite to, a stove to, to melt some snow to have some water. Right, which we hadn't had. Um, and this is a couple of days up that yeah. route on Hunter that um, was later climbed by Conrad and Seth. Yeah, on acid. Well, I think just the descent. I I think they dropped on the summit. Uh, They did. They did. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So the most dangerous part of the actual adventure you chose to do on psychedelics. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Those guys. Yeah. Anyway. um, We saved ours for the base camp because we actually had, I had some window pane for Steve and I. Nice. Uh, and we waited till the, the till we got down to you know do our little special event. But basically, the, the the fact that now there's no more fuel, now we're in a storm, now we can't you know use the stove. Now doomed. we get, now we get to go down. We're doomed. Yeah. 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 And so we got to uh, chop uh, like twenty two bollards, which we'd never done before. We'd we'd like read about them in mountaineering books. We had ten sticks of conduit, which we burned through, and then we in had ten repels. Yeah, yeah, and then we had then we had twenty two more repels to get off the face. <laughs> so we chopped ballers for each. We kept one snarg, or so two maybe. I can't remember the exact deal, but you know you'd repel down and have the one safety mechanism, <laughs> while to back up the bollard in case it fucking blew for the first guy. That's funny. And then I, the second guy would have to take it out. Yeah, <laughs> and just repel with on the bollard. That's yeah. my first bollard was chopped at night. Um, after running out of ice screws yeah. on uh, coming down off the top of Kangtega right. in Nepal. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, so you guys were on the way back from that, coming through Seattle. Yep. We had a party. It was a going away party for me. I was going to my second season in, in the French Alps. Mm. And we walked uh, in, if you remember, if you remember any of it with the McNertneys. Yeah. And uh-huh. Column. And Column. Great Column. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. There's a name. Um, and there was quite a party. <laughs> yeah. It was fairly loud. There yeah. was some slam dancing, mm-hmm. as I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Blitz um, broke his elbow on the wood stove. Yeah. And then we didn't see each other again for four years. Right. And then, but I, but I knew of you because when you guys walked in first, the McNurthneys, I'm like, oh, fuck, the Wopods are here. <laughs> and, uh, because... It, it, in like the, that Northwest climbing scene for me, it was, those were the, those were the most intimidating, you know, um, well, hadn't that, you read it, that Bruce Morris piece too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. no, no. That's why. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. first it's <laughs> the white punks on dope. And, and so that's Cluen and Rob Newsom right. and the McNurthneys. And so those two guys come through the door and I'm just like, Oh my God, they've, you know, they've, they've, they were the guys who, you know, 
were on the North Buffalo Hunter. Hunter yeah. And they went back in black and, you know, all, all of like this, this stuff of legend that as a young climber just freaked me the fuck out. And then they go, oh yeah, and this is Scott Backey's. And I just remember that Bruce Morris piece of like Scott Backey's, you know, is our friend from wherever who had a penchant for settling traffic, di- di- traffic disputes <laughs> out of court and in the street. And I'm just like, holy shit, these dudes are in my house. These are like my climbing legends. And I'm like some alcohol deep at that point, whatever. And the music is loud. And, and like it, it was, uh, and I was just emotionally overwhelmed. Yeah. So, so I've got two, um, what, what drew you to climbing? Because we, I mean, we've heard from Mark quite a few times, but sure. if you're his senior by a couple of years and more than a couple, yeah. we'll say a couple because yeah. I want to be very nice. Thank you. Um, what, what was like the big draw to, to first climbing and then actually alpine climbing? So actually the question is, how the fuck did you start climbing in Minneapolis, St. Paul? Yeah, so, so I had a friend <laughs> I was, I was in high school. Okay. I had a you friend in high nice, school. So yeah. it, and uh, uh, unbelievable, like I was talking with Mark about this, about my life of coincidence. So Dave Austin, uh, his senior year of high school had already been to Yosemite. So he had shown some talent and had some friend and is like in the sixties and shit, right? So this is when Yosemite was like going off. Seventy two on... was yeah. when seventy three was when he went the first time. I, I was think. being facetious with the yeah, 60s yeah, yeah. No, but no, I was no. fucking close. No, right. So 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 seventy five we're so we, we go we're in homeroom together. It was like stonemason era or just yeah, before that? No, okay. Dead in it. Dead okay. in it yeah. for okay. him. Okay. Later for me. But so uh seventy two we were in homeroom together. And uh, we were the only two people in the room that didn't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance because of the NOM thing. Yeah. And they took us down to the office, and both of us were like, yeah, we're not going to do it. Yeah. And uh, we're like, yeah, you can call Wait, parents. Wait, you took a fucking knee? Yeah, I totally took a knee. I fucking <laughs> yeah, took well, a knee. We totally took a knee, right? You took a knee so in we 72. Took a knee, yeah, in 72. So Take we didn't, that, motherfuckers. So we, so, so, so we became friends. Yeah. Just a pot on that one subject, all you'd have to do is claim conscientious objection, and it's held up by the Supreme Court, yes. and, nothing would, and no one would say a fucking word anymore. Right. Because you're actually protecting your constitutional right to object to pledging to the allegiance or standing for the flag. Right. Okay, rant off. Go back on. So, so <laughs> we, we start hanging. You know, we hang a little bit. I don't know anything about his climate, you know, but we hang in high school and, you know, he lives far away from me, so we don't actually end up as, like, hanging out together friends. And then he literally uh, quit school in his senior year. He's a super smart guy and uh, takes some college courses, but mainly wants to go to the Valley. And so uh, 70 in uh, the spring of 75 he is working at Byerly's as a bag boy to go back to the valley and I see him and I'm like oh fucking Dave Austin and he's like hey Scott and and, and he's like hey you want to go climbing <laughs> and uh honest to god like that you know and uh and and because you know we we really hit it off you know like we yeah. were really good friends when it was school and then he sort of disappeared for that year i knew that he'd quit and uh and so i'm like yeah i've always wanted to try climbing you know and i thought we were gonna go like get stoned and hike around <laughs> no you know no, no yeah, right? exactly and so we you get know to, getting we get high to the, going up higher yeah, so, yeah yeah we get we get to the crag and uh, he pulls out these shoes that look like they were wrestling shoes and these bizarre pieces of metal. And then he pulls out this magnificent rope. So it was like, you know, early Kermantle, right? 
And I'd never seen anything like this. Adelred or something. Yeah, yeah. And he goes up and sets up this top rope. And I go up and I you know, almost do it. But I get to the spot where you ha- where there's not really any handholds and you have to step across and I can't do it. Sets up another climb. Harder, he says, but I'm able to go up that because there's no one move. Hmm. And we're about to leave and I'm like, hey, will you set that one up again? I can see. He's like, yeah, okay. And he sets it up and I get to the same spot and it just as freaked out and I step across and do the brute. And I, I honest to God, say that I stepped into a different life. And hmm. so I climbed as much as I could, you know, off and on. And then 77, I got really into it. And uh, 78, some friends of mine were like, hey, let's go to Rainier. And I'd never held an ice axe. We rented them. At, at Camp Paradise or whatever the place is, that fucking place is. And uh, honest to God, red and ice axe and crampons, and we climbed Rainier. How do I, uh, this is the first time I've heard any of this. Yeah, so, 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 we, so, so every 100 steps, the last 1,000 feet, I just throw myself down in the snow with my helmet against the snow, panting. And then I get up, and the, all three of us are just as jacked. So there's no the altitude you've never, yeah, never done anything not like that. Minnesota I had never yeah. camped before. That is fucking proud, <laughs> you know. Like you know, pretty much never camped before. Like, and so, uh, so for you listeners, this is not a recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> so we make. I don't it, know we, that. Like, I, I mean, we, we summit. I don't know that. Why wouldn't it be a re- like? I mean, sink or I'm swim, just, I'm, just, I'm just protecting our vast financial <laughs> yeah, empire. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, warning. Uh, nothing. This is not a recommendation. Medical release. Yada yada yada. Yada yada. Don't be stupid. So, so you summit on your first or do be stupid. Yeah. Ever ever. Like putting crampons on. And so my friend, it's I come back down, awesome. and these two guys are are not really my friends. Okay. You know, they're people I went with, and they were okay, but they didn't. They were not my set. They were not well, in punk so, rock music, which was a big thing. You're for just me. you're just rock climbing before this, yeah. And, and real quick, like I, I, the next evolution is to do the harder thing. But when I <laughs> stepped into ice climbing, I went, "Fuck this! This is nothing like climbing. This is right. ridiculous." What What was it? That was it. Peer pressure? Like, was there a lot of like you're with the group? The people you climb with? No, no, no. Like I, I, I I was like these guys were like we want to go climb Rainier, and I'm like I'll go with you. Like I wanted to climb a mountain. Okay, you know, and I did. Awesome. Okay, and barely, and all three of us barely. You know, and we, (laughs) it's horrible. You know, (laughs) I got second degree on the way down. I just stopped putting sunscreen on. I got second degree burns on my lips, like big blisters, and it was just awesome. So sexy. And so the next (laughs) year, the next winter, '79. I uh, hang out with this guy, Kurt Johnson. And Kurt changes my life, just like Dave Austin. Now, Dave Austin's moved. He's gone. He's mm-hmm. in the valley. Sixth of the center of the shield, second of the center of the South Pacific Ocean wall, big wall climber, yeah. right? Just badass dude. And, uh, and I've, every once in a while, I see him or catch word of him, you know, and, you know, he's like my hero. And uh, so... Is he in on the Hall of Mirrors yeah, situation? Yeah, also? so he's yeah. a Hall of Mirrors guy. Yeah. And uh, so we, uh, this, Speaking of this, Robert this friend of mine, Kurt Johnson, teaches me how to train for climbing. Oh. And er, <laughs> period. Like he's like, yeah, you have some natural talent. That's great. And that's not going to do it if you want to be in the mountains. Because before it was just a matter of I like doing this. I'm going to do a little bit more and a little bit more. And, and I would do some running and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, no, that's not how you do it. St. Paul has lots of hills because there's a river. And he's like, yeah, we're running hills. 
you know. Oh, shit. And there's this bouldering wall that's on the river at the very bottom. And so, you know, five miles into the 10-mile run, we're going to boulder for an hour, you know, traverse along this stone wall, just like Reinhold Mesner did, and then we're going to finish the fucking run. And, uh, you know, we're not taking any prisoners here. You, you know, you have to keep up. And he was, a, you know, like a... a he could run a 10k in in 60 or 10 miles in 60 minutes back okay. in those days you know so solid and uh so so i hung with him and got really strong and then that winter he's like okay we're well we're gonna go ice climbing now you know really ice climbing <laughs> and so you know he had uh, bamboo laminated bamboo north wall and zero which were the best tools in the world at the time and uh somehow i managed to buy a pair of those and a pair of super guys that were a little too small for me and uh i was soloing the first winter you know, solo in grade three, grade four ice, you know, the, the first winter. Because I was already a 5'10 climber. And did you, did you already notice, like, the the difference that actual uh, formal training, like, oh. had on your actual – you were just, oh. like, light years? Huge difference. Like, okay. yeah, uh, what we called at the time uh, Chinese uh, sets of uh, pull-ups mm. – so, uh, you know, they call them pyramids now or yeah, whatever. You one, know, two, what, three, four, yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. ten, nine, eight, blah, seven. Blah, blah, yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you get 100 if you get 10, right? Yeah. So, you know, anyway, and that was the only. 100, 100, oh, yeah, if you go 10. Yeah, yeah, if you go 10. Sorry. And you if you go 10 re- twice, it's 110. Yeah, yeah, exactly. sorry. And, and That's induction, you, who, just who, so we're clear. Who would repeat 10? <laughs> I mean, I'd go to so, 11 because it's louder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was a fucking reference. Yep. I, got a, I got an inside joke, guys. I'm in on it. Uh, yeah, so so that, you know, so then in 80, he and another friend of his were going to go and uh, climb Denali. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So we went and climbed Rainier a couple of times and Baker and, you know, got a little bit acclimatized and went up and... Uh, Got west rib right west rib not the regular route but yeah. the west rib and so we got up to 16.4 and days of storm you know just like up there forever and uh then it finally clears and kurt my friend uh we get like a thousand feet above the camp and he's like i i feel sick i'm gonna go down and we're like you can't go down you know everyone's this is yeah this sucks we're at 17.2 it's not awesome of course you're gonna feel sick. right but he couldn't do it and so then I went with the other partner, who's also named Kurt, and he got to uh, like eighteen six, where those Spanish guys were. Mm-hmm. And same thing. Nineteen three. No, because that's that's when you get to the plateau. This yeah, yeah, okay. Below yeah. the plateau, yeah, yeah. right? Eighteen yeah. six. Yeah. And he's like, I think this is avalanche train. I'm like, well, let's go to the rocks then. Like I wasn't turning back, you know. And he's like, Oh fuck, this is a voice I've often heard in the mountains right no we're not turning back <laughs> god damn it dude i can see my house from here <laughs> can we just go t- like, so, so if your partners if your partners are you know what it seems like bailing on you while you're trying to go up where did you get your stubbornness like uh, where, because usually my stubbornness comes from somebody else's being stubborn so i learned to be stubborn with them uh it's not stubborn for me oh i uh well, I, this is a shitty thing to say in a podcast. So uh, I'm going to quote <laughs> this him. Is the right I'm gonna, podcast. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to quote him because I I can't say it out loud. With Mark says somewhere in one of his books something about uh, some people you know train really hard and some people train just enough and are mystics. And uh, that's that's my gig. 
So uh, it, it was never like it was yeah. never about the stubbornness. Uh, it, you know. it was like a purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it, also, I think it was a in, in a lot of the situations, it's a it's a, it's a knowing connection. Yeah. The mystic um, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I, and I'm not like... And I hate to say that because it sounds so arrogant and shitty. No, it doesn't. It, it but only it, does... But I didn't do anything to make that happen. That was just but innate inside think, me. I think right? our culture appoints like shamans and gurus and we appoint special knowledge to people. But if you look back culturally how people like revere shamans and mystical people, it's people who have... Um, a skill set of like so so when, when you're looking for someone to i don't know the easiest thing for me to think of is is like a, uh, a shaman that would do an ayahuasca ceremony for a psychedelic drug or whatever it, it, we call them a shaman but in, in peru they're known as a vegetista like someone who knows about plants is yeah, all that means right, they're not right. a fucking special person they're just somebody who has like intimate knowledge yes, of something yes. and they're thought of now as mystical and they were thought of then as mystical but mystical was kind of different it was just somebody who had that connection or somebody who could go into a special realm yeah and i would say if i could think of a special realm the top of a fucking mountain (laughs) is pretty goddamn special (laughs) so i I don't i don't see that as like i mean you'd have to apologize it for a white male today talking about mysticism but we'll back up and say in the 80s you were a mystic yeah right so we so didn't. he drops. So we didn't. So I so I say, okay, okay I'm going to go down. I, I oh. you know, I couldn't fight it any longer. And so we left, and we were supposed to go climbing some more, and uh, they were done. They were cured. and uh, <laughs> Cured. Yeah, they were completely cured of climbing. And so we got to Coeur d'Alene, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going up to the Canadian Rockies. Hmm. So I get out of the car with a haul bag and a full low pack and hitchhike from Coeur d'Alene oh up to Banff. And uh, so another one of those. Circums- and now this is like May, June. Time uh, no, for- uh, August. So the the perfect month. And so what it's the like, fuck, were you doing on Denali in July? Uh, we had a month in Seattle. Oh, okay. Where we fucked around and okay. did some climbing. We did rock okay. climbing. We went rock climbing for a month uh, with those guys, and then they were done. You know, but but yeah. But I still okay. wanted to alpine climb. And I take it just because I don't know Denali has to be done. It in- doesn't have to, but the glaciers open up and it's really dangerous. So lo- May is about the cutoff. Sure. Well, no, May June. May, okay. June. So yeah. May is weather's generally more stable but colder. Right. Mm-hmm. And then success rate goes up in June because temperatures warm up, but the weather's a little bit less stable. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But there's more people, and so you feel like it's safe. But there was no one. There, but there was no one there. <laughs> there, I mean, there was the no 80s, one on the so rib. I no can believe it. Yeah, there. right. Ni- 1980, <laughs> not 80s. 1980. 80. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I get out of the car and do the hitchhike, and some people are kind to me and bring me up to the. You know, they let me in the border. Who knows why? I've got 350 bucks, and they're like. You know, I'm like, I'm eating friends, you know, like whatever I said. Yeah. And they so also I'm, live in tents. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> 350 goes a long way yeah, when you got a tent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and this is U.S. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and so I'm walking in Lake Louise. I've got no partners. I don't know exactly what to do. And I'm walking in Lake Louise. And Dave Austin's best friend, Dave Myers, is there. And he's done the French Ridge in Huntington and Rooster's Comb, and he's a badass alpinist. Holy fuck. And so he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to climb with you right now because I'm with my girlfriend, And uh, but go solo the West Shoulder Direct, and if you can do that, then we'll go do something. <laughs> so, I, so I go... This is why climbing used to be great. <laughs> well, yeah, because he just gave you something to hit 
as like a you know a short pre rec. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, oh, right. you've done that. Now we can oh, go we experience can have, this. Yeah, right. Exactly. Now we can have a conversation and we can have a, go have an experience. Yeah. yeah. And so I did. And uh, you mean you weren't entitled to shit? You yeah. Had to earn it. Well, right. Right. Well, fucking so amazing. What was that like? Um, Hard wise, or was this right up your skill set, or did this push you? What? What do you? You know. AI three, whatever you'd be fine, but but some mixed, yeah, that yeah. year. So it's like mixed it's, climbing and band, yeah, okay, yeah. And so you know, it was hard. I was yeah. scared, and the corners took me an hour, so I had to like chop through the corners at the top, and I'd never had that experience in my life before. You know, so you didn't know that it tunnel could. it. Oh my god, it was actually really, at the very top of this route. You know, like spending an hour chopping so, snow and chunks hitting you on the head. Like that was how it was. No helmet, and uh, <laughs> I didn't have a helmet. And uh, I'd left it with who, those guys. Who, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, but you, yeah, but you had one. I had one for Denali, which we didn't I, need it, of course. I was going to say, wait, no, for, no, you know. What? <laughs> like that. Yeah. And so I come Two down. Two hats. That's a helmet on Denali. And I come down, <laughs> and the park rangers are waiting for me. Oh. And uh, they're like, uh, how's your partner? And I'm like. <laughs> Oh, he's awesome. I'm like, he's no, with his girlfriend. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, like, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I didn't drop today. So two dudes had climbed, uh, climbed up the sky ladder or something. Yeah. And then it disappeared. Like it hadn't come back down. And so they saw me coming. They hadn't somehow seen me. And okay. they thought I was, and so they were like worried about whatever. So I had to like explain to them that I was a, a single yeah, you know, single here, and uh, so I know I'm in a different country, but I think we speak the same language. <laughs> separated by a common language, so I go back down to Lake Louise, and Dave's like, "Yeah, cool, let's go do the North Face of Temple," <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, let's go do the North Face of Temple." So we go and do that, and we try and do it in a day. We get within a pitch of the top. Uh, so like Greenwood Lock or uh, n- the lower, but, but okay. a variation because we couldn't yeah. go the Dolphin. We had to actually. Do a whole different, like, 12 pitches of rock climbing that had never been done before. Well, it was, it was cool. It was really good, yeah. good climbing, a lot of it. And uh, so we, you know, shadow box, sat in the ropes, never done that before. Awesome. Bivy. Unplanned Bivy. Unplanned Bivy. Yeah. yeah, so that was my first there. Come down the switchbacks, you know, done with that. And he's going to go and do North Twin with Bill Pilling. Oh, my goodness. So there you go. See, I knew that one. Yeah. Pilling, that name would get you. Oh, so they were yeah. friends from... So Pilling and Massioli were very tight. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and Massioli was there that summer. And Jeff, uh, the tightrope walker, Jeff, tall, skinny guy. God, I wish I could remember his last name. And... Uh, it is weird. Like, as you're saying these names, it's kind of strange. Because I think if uh, there is something to what you guys have done with certain people that make the name relevant and stay on the tip of your tongue. And if I go through like my history of people, I can remember some experience. I'll remember the name really quickly. Sure. But it feels like 90% of the names in my lifetime. I I, like, "Ah, it's somebody with red hair. But as soon as I have an experience with somebody, it's first and last name and it's a full description and a personality. You say Bill Pilling and I just see like, Oh fuck! They did the North Buttress of Goody in the winter, right? What? Those two, like, <laughs> like I just like I have yeah. these these of uh, the two of them together at a party at maybe Greg Collum's house. Right. The two, like I have just like an instant flood, yeah, of you know memories and yeah. But so, I, I want to like say that that stuff is going away. Like how people remember now, it's like what's their handle. What's their Instagram? So, so my, what's their, uh, like- my 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 idea. So my second, I, I got a second idea for a book, which I've told Mark about. 
So the second book is just pictures. And I go to... Uh, it's good for most people so far. Every, right? Because they can't read anyway. <laughs> this is... Donald Trump said during the campaign, I have all the best words. So Big I'm not going to use them anymore. Yeah. He's got all the best ones, so I'm done with them. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Fuck I'm it. done with words. So but, this, let me just preface this and do it in a Trump sort of way. This is the most magnificent, the best book that will ever be ever be. It's gonna printed. Be. It's magnificent. It's fantastic. It's we're really super winning a lot. Bigly. Bigly with this book. Every national park, the most beautiful photographs that I can have with mm. someone looking down at a, at a cellular device. In front of, so just imagine you're oh, there God fucking half, yeah. you know, no, the I, overlook where you get to see El Cap and everybody's staring at their fucking phones, but then you have sunset on fucking what they're, what they're, West face I'll up this by one. Instead of them looking at their phone, they should all be taking different selfie angles away from the thing. Away from the looking thing. At, yeah. yeah. Looking away from it because they, right. but they actually, but, but that gives them credit for recognizing that the thing in the background of the selfie is the most important thing. No, no, because you <laughs> would I, see the picture of them taking the selfie towards them, but the thing that you would want to look like is this way. Okay, now that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even... So, so my second book. Yeah. No, no words. The, the, uh, no but, words. But Just, that is... That, that's something You'll be that, at the Garage Mahal <laughs> taking a picture of yourself as opposed to the I, I do, <clears throat> lovely... There is something there. Like, I don't know what it is. It, it's just something that I've noticed, like, how fast names come off the tip of your tongue, especially when they're tied to efforts or, yeah. or experiences. And I, I think that's something a lot of times. Sure. Exactly yeah. that. Like in right. uh, effort, I mean, you, you are dependent on somebody else. They're dependent on so, you. So who, who really got you to train? Who is that person? Um, Kylie Boyle. Change your life. Yeah. Like we're going to do this, yeah. Michael. And you know, I know you're not into it, and fuck that. We're uh, gonna train, or maybe you're like, or maybe you're like Kylie. We're gonna train together. We, I think it was a, I think it was a, it, it was a head-on collision. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so like, yeah, um, I, I had been trying to figure stuff out without very much luck. So I was like fighting. I was doing a bunch of weird stuff, and I was looking at Mark's stuff. And Kylie walked in with the Jim Jones shirt, and I was like, oh, he knows. And so I went and yeah. asked him to train. Yeah. And then it was like an explosion. Like it was training every day for hours on end and, and running up mountains and doing all sorts. It, it yeah. completely changed the experience of what training was. So, so to me, the most profound experiences that you can have are, uh, is, is love. And uh, I, I believe that you, know, you can use that or misuse that word however you want. And maybe you wouldn't want to use that word for you and uh, Kylie. I would say that, that my experience with those men in my life, and a few times with women, I, I got lucky. I got to climb with some pretty awesome women a, a couple of different times. Uh, that, that love is what made that experience, the shared hardship, uh, so deep. Or the shared hardship made the love so deep. Yeah, and that's I, why I would say yeah, vice no, 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 versa. No, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would say both. Okay. You yeah. know, like it's, for it's me. A but and yes, situation. Yes, yes. And uh or it's a spectrum that wraps back on itself. Yes. And and, and why do we would we have to exactly define it anyway? Right. Because the thing for me is that that Well if you don't define it, there's no way to hack your way to it. 
so if you just can give me like the two easy steps to get there. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, well, there's some kind of butter coffee first, that goes along with first this. First of all, first of all, you have to only eat. It's not paleo. What did you call it? <laughs> Evolutionary eating. Evolutionary and then, eating, and then nose breathe. And nose breathe. It's super and, simple. And to quote our dear friend Stephen Kotler, it puts the butter in the coffee. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend who, who does butter coffee now, and I'm like, dude, I just put half and half. <laughs> it, well, oh, so what? what, what and someone would argue like, that that's processed. What's the superiority of like one dairy product over another? Like, <laughs> if we're talking about fat coming from the udder of a cow, bovine nature, is there really this magical substrate for butter? Is there fat coming from the udder of a non-bovine cow that I can <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. put in my coffee? I mean, is it of is, one of the bovine family? Yeah, how about that? We'll just say that. One clove, of the okay, so like the cloven-hoofed <laughs> bovine. Wait, no, but bovine I don't think is a cloven hoof. I think we're going goat or sheep right away. With is, as soon is, as we clove, we, we cleave it, the hoof. Yeah, I don't know. Is it not cloved? Because that means split, it. right? Cloved yeah. hoof. Yeah. So a split hoof is a cow, not a split hoof. I. I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know the uh, because a minotaur is for <laughs> yeah, sure yeah, yeah. cloven hoofed, right, and it's supposed right. to be half bull. bull. Right? God damn! Well, next time I'm like, we need somebody in. We need we need like a character. I need to sit in the my, corner for my son, a who I right just now. sent to college, <laughs> is just starting his. So the, his college classes are one at a time, three weeks at a time. It's the coolest way of teaching I have ever. Heard. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. But he's and he's so he's just starting biology. So we'll we'll text him and ask him. Okay, you know. <laughs> um, so I have a I have a list pulled up from. Um, I really like collective nouns for supernatural beings, but I don't know. <laughs> Griffin, that's my son's name. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's I, amazing. So I named him that because, you know. Yeah. Mythological because. beast. Because that's all. So I, if I, well, I named my firstborn fur baby Lambert, but that's kind of a joke. <laughs> the. <laughs> What well, well, my first child's name was supposed to be Lancaster uh-huh. because it was the f- first order of pagan classification of goddess uh-huh. or God. It yeah. was actually a Maphrodite, yeah. I think. Lancaster. I'll have to look it back. But Lancaster. Yeah. Um, a cloven hoof, cleft hoof, divided hoof, or split hoof is a hoof split into two toes. And that doesn't fucking help. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, okay, here. Help Antelopes, somebody. gazelles, goats, and sheep, cattle. Cattle, deer. Antelopes, okay. gazelles, goes yeah. yeah. Right. It is a cloven hoof. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, fuck that. <laughs> the devil <laughs> resides <laughs> in everything. <laughs> that fucks it up for me. <laughs> I, 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 know, I always just thought cows were like a lower order of, you know, like I, a. I have a new like philosophy a, with that, which is that like er- a mediocre goat. I consistently make <laughs> errors. <laughs> yeah, I don't constantly make them. I'm but not saying that, but I consistently make errors. I, yeah. l- let me, yeah, <laughs> let me, uh, <laughs> let me draw some attention to the error of your language. <laughs> I persistently make errors. Yeah, yeah. I, the, I, <laughs> I, I just can't. Yeah. You know what would life be without really without you know, persistence? So without <laughs> without hitting my head against that wall. Over just and to over. add to the conversation on supernatural, it's a maze of minotaurs is the collective noun. Oh uh, yeah. A maze. Yeah. A maze of yeah. minotaurs. And as M A Z E or is that M A M A Z E. Maze. Fucking hell. How many are there? I thought there was just the one, but maybe there's a maze of them. <laughs> I thought there was just yeah, one yeah, minotaur. Yeah. Yeah. 
amazed of them. I if mean, there by, were going to be, I'm always amazed by minotaurs. Is that <laughs> are they referring to that? Or? <laughs> well, I was trying to find the uh, the oh a pride of griffins. Yeah, yeah, because it's half lion. Right. That makes sense. Right. There's some interesting ones in there. A gallery of gargoyles. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. Well, that yeah, because they're on a gallery. You know, they're, they're across. Up, they're the, up there just yeah, mocking, yeah, laughing, yeah. chuckling yeah. at a horror of Aboleth. <laughs> I just like that fucking is a beautiful sentence. But, uh, yeah. A horror of Abelith. Yeah, uh, I have to stop because I can go down a wormhole with that. Yeah, so I'm please. pulling myself grab, out of that you, wormhole. You grab your own ankles on that one. I, I yeah. did want to follow this up because we. Uh, I think how people got into things is fundamentally really fascinating. Um, but the thing to me, it's like that, that's been fascinating about this trajectory is mm. it's like okay, there is a guide of some kind. Mm at every you know yes. meaningful turning point yes yes and that's and that's something that we don't you know that and I know who they were at my turning points you know well, in, and, uh, on that trajectory we talked about them yeah. yeah but i just wonder it's not something i hear about as no maybe now and maybe i'm just not you know maybe my bubble is too opaque everyone or whatever, can go but. to the university of youtube instead oh well th- this is a no bullshit thing th- this is a very um there uh, there's not a lot of respect for experts or guides or mentors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I found an expert in a video, and therefore I don't have to use the embarrassment of trying to make a relationship with an expert. Right. I can just look and, from and afar and try that to I, copy that I don't know something that I want to know. Yeah, D. Randall Blythe, uh, Blythe brought this up as in like he sees a lot of kids that can just shred insanely technical guitar riffs, but they're just copying because they. They, they don't ever learn how to produce the music or create a tune. They're just really good at copying. Yeah. And that's not what a mentor does. A mentor doesn't, they, they don't teach you how to be like them. They teach you how to be the best version of yourself, generally speaking. And, with, and I think one of the things that came up in that little bit, bit of conversation with Randy was mm-hmm. like, they're technically perfect, mm-hmm. but they have no passion. Yeah. Like it's not informed by love or desire or yeah. anger or... It doesn't it's just burn from inside out. Yeah, yeah. And this the 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 idea of like going back to the you know the the, the punk rock ideal. If you you know if that's the even, skaters. Even a, so the skaters so like like there's a bunch of places where that's uh, like. But the fact that did you, let me just finish yeah, yeah. It, that the, the the punk rock thing was I'm maybe I'm technically incompetent, yeah. but I will engage the audience i will you know with my passion with mm-hmm. my self-destructive desire with this attitude to just break and mm-hmm. tear the roof off of you know every single structure or whatever even though it's three descending chords and that's all i got yeah. which is something you can't teach no right right <laughs> no but that's so that guess what i'm saying is that i think that um there isn't a difference in percentage of people that have that now i believe that it's okay. so foreign for the three of us to look at what the dull normal and, and, and is compared to what the dull normal was when we were young yeah so the dull normal when we were young was a different gig now the dull normal is following twitter and following social media not 
having any well, d- interest normal in history. Was, yeah, th- there was daytime TV and no one fucking watches Murder, She Wrote. So it was right. out on a skateboard, out falling on stuff, climbing things, That's jumping right. out of trees. because you're too young to remember Dark Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Collins Barnabas. Barnabas well, yeah, Collins. I mean, he's talking Barnabas about, Collins. Yeah, well, yeah. We should be clear you're talking about climbing in, in 1980. I was not yet alive. Yeah, no, 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 I know. I know, but yeah. I just mean that, that you know, you're old enough that you came, you became of age before... Before the, the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Before the social media. Which could have been the... I mean, I would hate to say that because obviously I'm a fan of the internet. I I, I mean, 100%, I would be... Yeah. I wouldn't know anything if I didn't have Google because mm-hmm. I literally know nothing <laughs> except for Google. Right. But it could be one of the saving graces that like I did appreciate a journeyman apprenticeship Th- that that was bred into me because my dad was a master electrician. He was sure, uh, and he was a climber. He was a sailor. He was these things that he needed mentors for. He had to go out and find. And then I learned that process by way of him. So so when I grew up, my dad was a Shakespeare scholar, and uh, he was a uh, only kid. So that you know brought some narcissism to him mm. and some uh, judgmentalness that was pretty intense. And so he would refer to the blue collar neighbors as those poor creatures, you know, like that, like, you know, yeah. and if you weren't, you know, if you weren't educated, you, you didn't really deserve a place at the table. So my, the guy who taught me how to train for climbing, Kurt, his dad was a welder. Mm. And uh, what his dad really was, was an artist. His dad built muscle cars that were like in Hot Rod Magazine, uh, like that guy. Yeah. And so he only worked on Pontiacs, Whoa. period. Okay. And I had a Pontiac Ventura that I bought for $450. And he loved that car. And he would work on it for me. And, you know, I would go running with Kurt or we'd go climbing. I'd leave the car and it would be done and it would be awesome. But one day he had to replace the tranny and he needed me. And so I had to hang. And so, like, he went out there and, and the dude never spoke. You know, like, he would say hi to me. And he, you know, he liked me enough, evidently. Kurt told me that. And, uh, you know, that day he, you know, had a creeper, you know, and put him up on, on jacks, did, you know, did, I helped him with all that, you know, do what, the, do what that piece was. And, uh, and then he like seemingly randomly started throwing, in my opinion, but now I realize he was carefully placing these tools and they were at super odd angles. And then we put the transmission in in two hours, took it out and put it in, in two hours. And he never looked, just reached down, did the tool thing mm-hmm. and uh, put it back where it was. Because <laughs> yeah. the last thing you want to do when you're under a car is wonder where that socket and, went. And and the creeper like roll like a you know like like a breaking like a dancer. Mm-hmm. And wow. uh, and and the whole thing happened. And he spoke like fifty two words to me to you know do exactly whatever I needed to do to help him with the you know the lifting and the whatever you know. And uh, and I left, you know, and I was kind of stunned. I didn't really know what was going on. And I left, and I like, like thought, you know, it's like one of those things where you you leave it and you can't leave it. And I was, you know, I'm at home and thinking about like what what just happened. And I was like, oh my god! Like later that night, I'm like, that's what an artist is. Mm. And all that training that I'd had from my and don't get me wrong, I I love my dad, and, you know. He tried his very hardest to be a good person all his life and helped a bunch of people through his life, and he had that prejudice. And all my life I had had that 
you know, prejudice from him until that moment at, you know, 22 years old when it was like, oh my God, that's what art is. Mm -hmm. And it totally changed my life for the rest of my life to understand, in my, in my opinion, that what art really is is artistry. Yeah, coming up with a problem and then attempting to solve it and hopefully attempting to solve it with some elegance and economy. Hmm. And, uh, and that, like my life changed in one afternoon. climbing right there. Yeah, in, in one afternoon my life completely changed. You know, from, from that uh, blue collar workers are, you know, the, the Soma, Soma, you know, like, right, that, like that. And, and uh, from my dad's perspective and, you know, his need to be superior and to come into this thing of like, you can be an artist doing all these different things so this is um so your journeyman electrician dad did it oh he did i mean he he was uh deficient in other means yeah yeah no no no, right all uh, of our dads were allowing me to explore the things that i probably should have explored at a young age when i was primed and ready to but but there's nothing that i would regret about um I don't, he had some weird stuff. The Bible shit can go because that's fucking useless. <laughs> <but> they, <laughs> love me some Jesus. Yeah. yeah well, I just, like, I don't need to be hit over the head with it, though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I love him without that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there there was some really great, I mean, anecdotal things that are just like, they come up every once in a while, like celestial navigation and, you know, how to use a sextant and like very, like how to build a horizon out of a, you know, bowl of water and the depth of the water will relate to, you know, Polaris and the North Star and you can right. find your way in the world. That that's a weird fucking thing to learn when you're twelve. <laughs> and it does mean no fucking good now, except for the uh idea of how to understand it. Learning was, a process. Was really important, yeah. which was read this book. I don't understand this book. Ask some good questions. How, and then just trivial stuff down there. Like, how do, how would you do this? How would you do that? And now test it and figure out whether you can do something. And that led to, holy shit, I can kind of figure out anything. Which when it came time and I was like, man, I want a badass fucking race car. And I was like, I know how to go about it. I got a car and right. I pulled that fucking thing apart. I bought a book and I learned how to put it back together. It was like, there's your, like, there's your way to anything. Mm-hmm. And so that system specifically is is so important to you know wh- what i whatever the fuck it is i don't i don't even know what i do but um it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't and and this is where i'd come to like most people think when they the, when they approach any subject they're looking at it from the very physical nature of what that requires like the superficial things and they think like i want to be a doctor therefore i need to learn about anatomy and this and that and the other uh, and th- this for I want to learn about climbing in this age. So I go to a textbook and I learn about how the hardware and the gear is made. And I learn about like, uh, you know, seracs and crevices and weather and all the very technical stuff that has been described and measured and is readable. But, but that's not really how it's applied. That stuff is important. I don't want to like take away from that, but it's like saying like, I can make a good writer by teaching him book binding in sentences and grammar, which those things are, absolutely applicable to the skill of writing but it has nothing to do with putting a poetic sentence together or communicating an idea through you know 300 pages or 3000 words or whatever it's there's a removal of technical aspect because you can have art without technical aspect you can have a final product without a formal skill obviously like that, right. i mean we're our world is full of composers and artists and 
uh, people who are never formally trained that just figured it out and put together things that seemed correct. And I think perhaps we are way too focused on the formal acquisition of skill and knowledge, which means it's not valuable because there's no one saying, you know, there's no mentors being like, forget all that shit, go climb or the, forget all that shit, like feel this. Learn it first and then forget it. Yes. Yeah. It was how it should go. Yeah. Um, and it seems like you had kind of a, and I don't want to take away, but it seems like uh, an experience with climbing that was just like a in your face and then later the technical aspects came as you grew for, a, you know, through relationships and experiences, you understood the importance of the technical aspects of understanding what your favorite ice axe is or whatever the fucking thing is. What happened to me after that summer, I did one more route, mm-hmm. North Face of Kitchener, which was a big route at the time. And uh, <laughs> still kind of big. It's still kind of big. But but for, you know, at that, at that time, I think we did the sixth descent of it or something, fifth descent. Uh, and came back to Minneapolis and reflected on the, journey that I had been on that summer and uh, decided that uh, what I'd done was in me. So this is, you know, who I am. This is what I am. I have this ability to do this. And then I was able to be self-critical enough to say, and you got away with it because you used used your mysticism. Like you use that connection that you have to the environment and, you know, we're, we're able to get away with it. But you did not succeed on, especially on Kitchener. Hmm. Uh, I, I got away with Kitchener. And, <laughs> and so I never wanted a single pitch to defeat me because of technical insufficiency. And so the very next year, I begged my friend Dave Austin to take me to Yosemite. And uh, the, that same winter, I went up to the Canadian Rockies and spent the winter ice climbing, or a month ice climbing, because I felt like if I could big wall climb, if I could climb 511, if I could climb grade six ice, then there wasn't ever going to be one pitch that was going to defeat me. Hmm. And, uh, and one of the tenets of my existence as an alpinist was... Only climb with people that you love and don't let them down. <laughs> so that's as much of a reason for me to have not fail on that pitch was because that's letting my partner down. I think that um, your third book, <laughs> after you go through the selfies and the other one we explored earlier, could just be a testament to, um, I, I mean, that that is a, thesis that I think is being lost is that if you uh, build relationships and no matter what you try to do, you just try not to let those people down, you'll probably be successful. Don't get in their way. Don't let them down. Yeah. In the story. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and that will produce. And if, and if that's the only motivation, you'll be a pretty, you know, so if you if you can fulfill those two things, you'll be a pretty darn capable person. Yeah. I, you kind of answered kind of by accident my second question, which was like, how do you find a good partner? And it, you literally just answered it, so I'm out of questions. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> game over, yeah, man. Yeah, sorry, guys. I'm out. That's all I got. That's is, that's the is best I could do. But. Um, that, that, oh, like, God bless Bill Paxton. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. There, there's gonna be. Uh, I mean. 
I don't feel maybe maybe because I'm not in the industry of climbing and and seeing that up front, but I in anything that you come across, I don't think people are approaching tasks or life like this, which is what makes a good partner. Like we joked about it on you trying to find a good partner by putting actually a really honest question out. <laughs> right. Like, right. But it's the same thing. You want to find somebody you can love and not let down. Well, one of those ways is by being well, honest. Yeah. And straight up, right from the get-go, as opposed to our human nature, which is to disguise who we actually are and to peacock the thing that looks really attractive and then later kind of minimize the expectations and the letdown. So so, so, <laughs> so there's no, a, no one who's lying on their resume mm -hmm. ever thinks it's, you know, the rent is going to come due someday. That you're actually going to, if you get, get the job, on, yeah. actually have to do the thing that you said you could do. No yeah. one thinks that now. and 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 when it does come up... People are so fucking weak; they just let them get away with it, or or people see right through it. And, and instead of being like in a uh, custodial yeah, upper managerial yeah. position, they're like, "Hey, take the fucking trash out." And you're like, "That's below me." And you're like, "You said on your resume you were a fucking garbage man." Like, <laughs> there, there's right. a way. Eventually, we're gonna read through the garbage and just yeah. know who people are because everything is fucking fake. Like every 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 everything that we do is you know bloviated beyond what we actually did. You know, I I climbed exaggerated, exaggerated, bloated, you know, whatever. Uh, so, so bloated, so <laughs> yeah, bloated. Would be, yeah, I have another goal in life. Real, I'm and I'm really, you know, like straight up on this. My goal is to have my insides and outsides uh, be level. And so, someone long time ago whoa, told whoa, me, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, easy, someone, there. Someone, easy there, Yeah, I know, I know. Someone long time ago, like when I was like 18 years old." Uh, told me I was admiring some climber. I was like 21, 22. They, I was admiring some climber, and and uh, and they're like, if you compare your insides with everybody else's outsides, you'll always come up second best. And and because and okay, folks, uh, that's the uh, conclusion of our podcast tonight. You've just had a uh, universal knowledge and mic drop from Mr. Scott Packy. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so the goal, so the goal for me, I'm not, you know, I'm really straight up on this is that yeah. I really want to have the insides and the outsides even. So what I believe about myself and what I present about myself to be the same thing. So we have a name for that. Well, well, I'm I'm trying to force a I'm force fucking a name for this because it, this has come up in almost every single conversation in the past like three weeks, which is what I'm calling the kaleidoscope effect, which is. You know, you look through a lens, and this would be a reflection on the person looking through it, and there's the person I think that I am, there's a the person that I think other people think that I am, and then there's the person that I am. And the further separated those things are, the fucking less capable I am as a human being, no matter what. The closer and, and those the, things get the, to. And the, and the more chaos I have in my soul. Exactly. Because you're yeah. trying to bridge the gap yes. always, trying to yes. prove something that's not true, always right. trying to hide the fact right. that it's a blurred line. And if I can just collapse those so that when people look at me and I look at me and I do something, all those thing, three things are honest. Like the, there is no separation yeah. between them. <laughs> the inside and outside person is a very good you know, metaphor for that same exact thing, which is, uh, well, something that we're, we don't probably hear very much is like, it left since the Greeks, but know yourself is. Yeah, and, and then try to present that, like try mm -hmm. to not, you know, like 
where's my so so i have a definition of of humility that my uh a friend of mine just called me out on and said it was bullshit and you know <laughs> false good, humility good no no good good oh. for them you know i still hold it i believe that real humility is an accurate assessment of yourself mm-hmm. like that's that's what really really being humble is it's not thinking less of yourself or or you know any kind of yeah any no that's kind called of, humble bragging yeah any <laughs> any of those you know being being uh uh self-deprecating mm-hmm. wh- whatever it is you know like i really believe that that's a really tough place mm-hmm. for humans to be to be where you're at because I, there's this part of me that either wants to elevate myself or wants to debase myself and trying to find out who scott is and like acknowledge that kind of consistently and daily uh, is it you know it really is what I want because mm-hmm. it's so hard to for me at least for to to hold a facade anymore and unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was it ever necessary in a way? And for, I think for a lot of us, it was. Um, but I, I I I like the sort of the kaleidoscope description or I was thinking of like, oh, that's exactly how the rangefinder focusing system in my cameras work. <laughs> yeah, like right. the, yeah, the reflection. Know, when those two right, things yeah. overlay, yeah. when I'm yeah, out yeah. of focus, it exactly. means that yeah. like, ex, you know, who yeah. I think I am and who I really am are like, oh, you're right. looking at something three feet away with a focus set to infinity. Of course you're <laughs> fucked up. And, you know, vice versa. Um, and, and when those two things kind of meet, I mean, it's, a, it's almost an... Um, I'll just go back to the effortless, elegant way of living. Like yeah. I don't, I don't have, I haven't created any chaos. Therefore, the only chaos that I might have to sort of manage is outside. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't create it inside because you know outside was so boring, which is kind of a <laughs> very weird thing. But um, I, I uh, yeah, you got away with it on Kitchener. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I saw the photos. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you didn't. Just, you didn't. Right. You should not have been there. The the wool knickers like, and no helmet. Yeah, no helmet on like a route that's notorious for rockfall. I mean, the entire Canadian Rockies that used to be on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, and are trying to get back there one piece it's, at a fucking time and as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, oh, so this self reflection made you realize that well that there was you knew that you were talented let's call that the mystic gift yeah but you knew that you didn't want to count on that because that's a card that you can only play once sometimes or all times or don't get to you don't count on it right right. yeah And, and, and that that might help for you like if if this was a solo experience then pulling that card out doesn't affect but if that card somebody else is reliant on you pulling that card you can only save yourself kind of deal is that it, like the uh, uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. If you're if you're trying to do something, if I'm trying to be Kurt Johnson's dad, mm-hmm. is that how he was? No, mm. he was not that way. He was not. He did not put that transmission in in chaos. And he also didn't consider himself an artist. Right. Like, but maybe he did. This is the most economical way to do this. Like this, I'm, I'm, I am a, I, 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 I,
magnificent. I don't know that he would use the word artist. Right, exactly. That's that's where I was headed with yes. it. Was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I would frame it, um, at some point, there was a difference, but well, there was a, uh, a situation that allowed you to learn that this was more important. That you, this was no longer a self-experience. Like, to go further, you needed a we experience. Yeah. And in order to have a we experience, you had to not be a liability. To, for me, now I, I climb with plenty of partners sure. one time mm-hmm. that, that, that were liabilities. The saddest piece, and I don't know if this is a thing for you, but the saddest piece of climbing for me is three partners I left behind because they couldn't hang. And I'm not going to name them, you know, uh, you know one of them. Uh, and, and uh, uh, they were people that I loved and that I had a... But to be clear, not left behind in the mountains. No, no, just no, left no, behind no, 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 no. On a larger sort of life trajectory. Yeah, so I couldn't mm-hmm. climb with them anymore. Right. Because they're... Because they're uh, uh, they couldn't do what I wanted to do. And I assume this caused some kind of elitist spell, like a... No, spell. never, okay. never. I, they knew that I still loved them. Okay. You know, like it wasn't, like I'm, I have a super soft, chewy center. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I cry at movies and I'm like, I'm Sometimes totally, it's, it's closer to the outside it, than It others. is, yeah. So, yeah. Well, so my kids, I'll just give you a little story. Like I'd be reading my kids these Newberries when they were tweens <laughs> and I'd be crying and my daughter would be like, Daddy, are you crying? <laughs> Fuck yes. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm crying. And she's like, are you crying because it's sad? And I'm like, well, kind of because it's sad, but kind of because it's really beautiful. Mm. So anyway, that, you know, so for me, it was never like I was like, uh, you know, fuck you, or, you know, why can't you do this? Or I hate you for not being a badass that I need you to be. It was more like uh, but- next, next summer I'm, you know, I, I found someone else to go climbing with. But but you felt like you felt compassion for not being able to bring the people that you yeah, loved with you. Yeah, hated it. Right. Hated it. Just tore into me. Still tears into me. Uh, but that matching speed is more beyond, like, that. that's an important quality to recognize in any kind of partnership is, like, can you keep up? And Would, if you can't, know that you're the slow one or that you're the fast one because if you're the slow one and you don't recognize it, you'll frustrate the person you love. And if you're the fast one and you're not honest about it, you will be frustrated with the person that right. you love. Or in the case of our partnership, is it like if, if you're not, you know, the one to lead this pitch, which is the one that came up for you. <laughs> and you have to hand off and go Scott, man, you got to do this one because it's not me. But then I'm, th- then I'm the one melting all the fucking snow that night. Right. Then I'm making up for it in mm-hmm. some, in the way that I can, mm-hmm. that, that there's, that, that we, we get to, we, we make some kind of balance and then I'll step back one piece here and say, it's true, Scott. I don't, I didn't have that. Yeah, like yeah. I when I left those people behind because they weren't on the same path, going at the same speed or whatever. Right. I. I, and it wasn't, and there was no, there's no anger about it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, right. but when the spotlight aims in another direction, then what's in the dark does no longer exist. <laughs> and that's and a you know there's a number of people like that and then. Yeah, in that trajectory, and and uh, um, 
And, and me too, and, you know. It, but it's just mostly, like, okay, done. So, you know, I, 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 my, my ambition at this time, in this point right now, is so fucking important to me. Right. And, and um, by the way, it'll be another like two, maybe three decades before I learn um, to recognize what I did and have some compassion about like what happened here. But for right now, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, just put an and, asterisk by every time I yeah, fuck yeah. up. Right. I'm going to know in 10 years that this was probably a mistake or 20 years and I'll be a, be able to admit it then but and, yeah. and at least you know hey if you're still alive I'll come, maybe I'll come back and acknowledge that but, or apologize but the or personality whatever, but. required to do the things that I want to do also require that I'm a fucking asshole right now yes. or, or I'm the person that you know you don't want self absorbed yeah. or I don't believe that I can do it without yeah. being yeah. this person who I believe I am mm. yeah yeah right so, so right like I, th- I think these are the characteristics that go with this mm-hmm. with success mm-hmm. on this path yeah therefore I will express myself in that way so, so to, you met Mark four years, five years later? Yeah, so, we, so then I was in Chamonix. We just climbed uh, uh, Michael Gilbert and I, who's a friend that I love. Michael. Michael, I love you. <laughs> and and uh, I'd say that too, but a little less tenderly. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Fucker, learned a, hey, fucker, I learned a lot from him. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. He's had really, really amazing. Didn't want to, but he made me. Amazing person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was so stunned and enlivened by those two articles that more than anything I wanted to climb with Mark Twight Hmm. because I felt a kinship that I had never felt with a partner before even though I didn't even know the fucker and so when we were in Sham Michael was interested in meeting you too but we went in and talked to his wife Ann Smith at the time and she's like oh yeah another couple of fuckers that want to meet Mark like that and then Michael said well let's leave that alone yeah and so she agreed to uh, tell Mark and then she said yeah he'll probably come and meet you for a beer and so he agreed for some reason bored weather was bad whatever it was uh, <laughs> weather was devil. You guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. We brought shit, the shit weather with us. Shit, shit season. Yeah, yeah. and but so, your trajectory had gone from they showed up at your house as climbing legends to you've now accomplished quite a bit, and now you're. But I didn't necessarily make the connection. Oh, okay. At yeah. the time when this um, invitation to have a beer at the Shuka was extended. Okay, right. Like it, it didn't like. Th- that connection did not register. Gotcha. I was in okay. my own fucking world. And plus I was in a different country. Like, yeah. how the fuck would these dudes show? You know, like, right. yeah. And, and so I, I had a plan. Like, I was just going to like blatantly try and freak him out. And I felt like that that would work with him. <laughs> and uh, so we're talking and, you know, we're bullshitting about climbing. And then out of nowhere, like with no context, absolutely bizarre non sequitur if you're not Mark Twight I say yeah I fell down the goddamn basement stairs and then and and, and he was like he looked at me <laughs> and we talked some more and I quoted like two or three other skinny puppy skinny puppy lyrics mm, to yeah. him and uh, 
But that was it, Stairs and Flowers, and I was just like, okay, who the fuck is this? Yeah. And <laughs> they had just done the North Face of the Iger, and then I started like putting a few pieces together with some other history. Mm-hmm. And then it was, uh, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> because the weather's bad. There's no, there's no climbing in Chamonix, right? Like, we can't mm-hmm. go into the mountains right now. It's fucked. You guys just found out because you just got fucked. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, like oh well, let's go to Verdun. <laughs> let's go to Verdun because it's like the closest thing to fucking Yosemite you got in France. Yeah, and um, had <clears throat> a couple of well, one particularly <laughs> memorable experience where you know my my love for Michael Gilbert you know blossomed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because he fucking saved our lives. Because we had, like, so we go to the Verdon and, and oh, uh, I mean, it's, it, it's 89. I'm just like, I've, I've been there. It's like a month in 84, four months in 85, but I could get away without speaking any French. And I just started learning a little bit mm. and, and I could still misread a lot of things or mishear a lot of things and think I understood because I thought I understood. So we go down the Verdon and we do. I think we did Barba Poupon or something first, like easy, totally easy sort of four, four pitch route that you rappel all the way to the bottom and climb out and it's like six B plus or some yeah. shit or six yeah. B. Like it's, it's totally, technically it's well within reach. And then we decide, we, we, uh, see this other route, which is called <laughs> Surveiller et Punir. So basically, you know, search and destroy, um, <laughs> and and we see this line of X's up in the topo drawn in the guidebook. And so it's hard. It's 12A or something. B. 11D, 12. Well, it could be 12B. Okay. That section, the, the one section was 12B. Okay. The obligatory was 11D or, you yeah. know, right, right. That you can't, so, but we look at, I look at these X's and I'm just like, oh, well, even if we can't do it, it's a bolt ladder because X's in topos in North America always meant that they were bolts. But X's in that particular guidebook meant that it was a classic route. So it only trad? Like you no, no, it was pro? just a classic route. There were some bolts on it, okay. you know, at some point. But you were supposed to bring a whole rack. Oh. <laughs> but you were supposed to bring. And so okay. Gilbert has the foresight. He's just like, you never go on a route without at least <laughs> a set of wired nuts. Nine pitches? I, I don't think it was that many. Seven, but though. But I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it's 350 meters. Yeah. So whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and so we go, so we don't rappel down. We, we rappel down a different, like, you know, rappel station to get down, walk over to the bottom of it. And we're in the bottom of the fucking thing. And then the wall's there and it's, you know, whatever that is, 350 meters. So 1200 feet, I, I don't, yeah. can't do the yeah. conversion exactly off the top of my head. And, um, And it's fucking hard. <laughs> and there's no bolts. <laughs> and there are and, so, and there are no fucking bolts. And <laughs> and and so ha- there's this wired nuts. And there's some like weird limestone features that have runners, you know, wrapped through them that form a like bit of. And and it it's it's fucking on. <laughs> yeah. It. And. Uh, and and just, for, you know, for a so while, for a while, for everyone years. does their pitches. How, yeah. how much pro were you working? Like, because you guys eight, are... eight eight stoppers, oh, fuck. dozen stoppers at the but, most. Yeah, not all of them are going to fit on every fucking pitch. No, no, so, right. so there's some serious fucking runouts, right. like some thirty going. 
I, I, whatever. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, go, you know, if it's it, thin. It, it was, it was, uh, it was grim. <laughs> I was going to say challenging, but I like, I like grim. <laughs> and, and as you, you were about to say, we were trained, you know, each person was sort of doing their pitch in order up to a certain point. And then we're just like, fuck it. I'm pulling, uh, uh put some gear in that I can pull on so we can get the fuck out of here. Cause burning daylight and so yeah. michael gets in the front and like uh, that one pitch like some of the most oh my god like one of the most amazing displays of tenacity yeah. skill yeah. um and just keeping your shit together mm. um that i've ever seen it was it, it was a it was a 50 foot fall to a ledge Ugh. and then you tie off a tree that was sticking out of the out of the uh <laughs> wall that's like maybe an inch in diameter, and uh, and then go another thirty feet to a like. Then there was like a bolt or something, you know, or fixed pin, a pin or something. It's like an old Petzl self driver. Yeah, some yeah, shit yeah. That like, right, right. Whoa, but like how long four, has this been here? Who four cares? pieces for the entire, you know, forty meters. But that first pitch, but the first piece is fifty feet off the deck with the fall down to the ledge that Mark and I are standing on. And that's on. the obligatory eleven D. Yeah. Yeah. Pit. So so there's another piece of this that you've forgotten though. With the Italians? No. Okay. Well the Italians too, but who else? <laughs> I... So you're down below Oh my God. <laughs> so so Yeah, bring it because I because so, I won't be able to tell it accurately. So I'm generally a pretty okay guy, but I could. I, there's times when I can be a super dick in those days, like really mean. And it it was there was no rhyme or reason for it. Just uh, something would happen inside of me, and I would just go bad, like a carton of cream. That's Three him right after, over there. <laughs> Your expiration date comes up, and yeah, and and I'm so gonna, I'm gonna explode <laughs> in the back of the van and spoil everything. Everything, yeah. And the, and the van's always gonna smell like curdled milk, entire as long as you own it. So there's this really beautiful woman climbing next to us. <laughs> And Mark's still coming up. And so Michael and I are like, honest to goodness, like for some reason, not going too bad on her. Like, just like, oh my God, look at that woman. She's just crushing, you know? And look how strong she is. Like, we really weren't saying anything bad. And admiring. Uh, admiring, but not even in the like nice ass way, right? Mm -hmm. Like in those days, yeah. you know, I don't do that anymore. I honestly, really I don't. But in those days, you know, I could have. But that particular time, we did not. And she like comes down for a second lap and she goes, hey guys. So she spoke English. We thought she was some Italian girl or some shit like that. And it turns out it's Shelly Presson. And uh, she's from the, from the west, you know, northwest where Mark's from. And mm -hmm. so we're like, hey, you know this guy and this guy and this guy. And she's like, yeah, I know him or don't know him. And then I like get puckish and I see Mark coming up and I'm like, so do you know Mark Twight? And she's like, oh, yeah, I totally know Mark Twight, which she did not know Mark Twight. Mm. And so he comes up to the blade just after she said that, and I'm like, that's awesome. He's right here. And I'm sure he'd love to say hello, <laughs> I believe is what you followed that way. <laughs> and I just like parachute sort of into this situation. I have no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> so needless and, to say, she was super embarrassed and, you know, it was weird. And then Michael did the thing. Yeah. And then we left, and, and, and I remember it was me, right? We were driving away, and I'm like, oh, my God, the Italians. 
and and they're like, oh my god, they're the Italians, and there were these two Italian dudes that were below us, they're going slower than we were. Mm. One of them wearing a pair of nylon shorts and his climbing harness, and that's that's it. it no shirt, and it's getting fucking. And night is coming, and it's going to be cold. So we go down to where we were, and we look down, and they're not even trying the pitch; they're just sitting on the ledge, <laughs> waiting to die. What? <laughs> well, they're just gonna. They, they probably wouldn't have perished, actually, but. It would have been it, cold. It was gonna. It would have been a miserable, oh, miserable really bad fucking, night. Yeah. Really bad night. So we threw a rope down, and they top rope out, and yeah. and you know they give us the you know thank God you know you guys saved our lives and whatever like that. It was really sweet, hmm. but it was like so funny. We were in the car, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Oh no, yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. The Italians. Fuck, we need to go back and like help them out. We can't just fucking drive away. I fucking totally forgotten about the the Shelly thing. She's. Yeah, of course she was crushing because yeah, it was her. Right, right. So that's hilarious. Anyway, so we so we sort of, you know, bonded during that experience, as you can imagine, <laughs> and uh, and decided, all right, well, we need to do something. Yeah, and the next time we see each other, <laughs> there's actually a situation that has been described on this podcast before. That that was the very that was the next thing. Yeah. Next yes. time you saw each other was Kathmandu, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So so I'm I'm my friend I've got a girlfriend who I'm serious about who ends up being my wife. Mm-hmm. And uh my friend Bill though is has not. <laughs> and so <laughs> we're chatting up these two women because So you guys have been to try the South Ridge of Annapurna 3. Yeah. Yeah, buttress, it, whatever they call it. South Butters. Yeah, like the hardest route in the world. It's never been done still. And we tried to do it alpine style, the two of us. <laughs> two guys from Minnesota. The fuck was he got into you? I mean, this, and this is 1990. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's 90. It's 90. Yeah. Yeah, it's 90. Holy fuck. And, and so, uh, you know, you can imagine on that one, we got, you know, we got like 3,500 feet on this 10,000 foot face. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and I looked at Bill. I remember one, one like, like one belay, you know, like we, it was supposed to be ice and it was super warm that year. And it was all rock climbing, really, really hard rock climbing because it was all smoothed out and gear was bad. And, you know, it was cool, but going slower than we wanted to. And I looked at him and, I, and I'm like, well, we might be able to climb this, but we weren't, we're not going to make it down alive. <laughs> you know, like, hey, man. What do you think? Yeah. I don't know, man. What do you think? No, 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 dude. I asked first. <laughs> That'd be typically how conversations would go yeah. in that situation. And, and he's like, and, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> so we just started rebelling. <laughs> that was it. And we came down. So we came down from that. And uh, our entire base camp had been robbed. Uh, the, the liaison officer had gotten sick and the cook and the cook boy took him out. So our base camp was empty for the six days that we were on, five days that we were on the on the route, and uh, came to all our. You know, Bill had this beautiful uh, Walkman Pro. So back yeah. in those days, like it was a it stereo, could, it, it could record also. Yeah, really, really beautiful. And they, it was actually you could use it for sync sound if you put a chip in it. But what we used to use it for was he would go into a punk rock concert with a mic in each sleeve with a leather jacket and record the concert so we had all these bootlegs that were 
<laughs> anyway. So I was so, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're many. just raising your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People totally, just think you're right, super into right. it, but you're just trying to get the best sound possible. <laughs> Mixing my love of Jesus all of our, with my love all of, of our, punk rock. All yeah. of our traveler's checks, you know, all, everything's gone, you know. Oh, shit. And, uh, traveler's checks. Yeah. Seriously remember, dating yourself. Right, 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 like that, like that, yeah. No, no I, I remember. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I've even used traveler's checks. It's a fucking weird. And now right. that you say it, right. it's right. all, it's like seeing the floppy icon yeah, on a computer. Yeah. You're like, yeah. people don't know what the fuck that right. is now. Right. Yeah. Like, they've never had to put a floppy disk in. And so we go back to Kathmandu, defeated, surprise, surprise. And I'm, he's chatting up these, we're chatting up these ladies, because I was trying to wingman so you'd get, get some luck in Kathmandu. And uh, and then I feel like, honest to God, you know how you feel like there's eyes burning into you? Oh, yeah. And I fucking spin around, and Mark's... I, I wish this was a video, because he's leaning slightly backwards against a wall with his arms crossed, smirking, waiting for me to turn around. <laughs> and I don't know how long he's been there. I don't know how long I was there. So... We ended up hanging in Kathmandu, and there was this other woman who was not part of these two women that uh, was into me. And you know, this is she was the first of the two women in my life who said, "I think monogamy is overrated." <laughs> That's a green light. And, yeah, like, and, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, right. So, I, but you know, so I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm handing it, I'm handing this woman off to Mark." <laughs> oh God. And I did. And uh, that turned into a whole other thing. And maybe that's a different podcast. Oh, no. She's been in here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Twice. Right. 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 Yeah. So, you know. Ulmer. Yeah. So that happened. Darth Ulmer. Darth yeah. Ulmer. Yeah. So that happened. <laughs> and uh, the next winter, we went ice climbing. And that was, you know, then it was off. And then it was off and running from there. Jesus. Yeah. Because whatever that that happened. So... I can't. So I was there with Ed. Yeah. And uh, well, so th- this was this was Ulmer's bike ride. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The, end of, the end of the bike Solo ride. Solo yeah. bike ride. Yeah. Well, it started as a duo, right? But yeah, <laughs> your yeah. friend and, bailed really yeah. quick. Right. Well, right. I think three weeks. She yeah. Was? It okay. wasn't so really quick. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. So she actually like, hung. Yeah. And Kristen's just fucking insane and continued. And then and had friend. a yeah. root canal and you know, tooth pulled due to an abscess or something. Yeah. Yeah. In India by an Indian dentist. Roadside dentist. Yeah, roadside dentist. Like, and then you guys I, just a f- fucking met at a... It, well, this was not orchestrated. No. You just ran oh, into no, each other. No, just a to- no, total no, random no, thing. No, and then, no, no, and then no. you start to realize, like, okay, if you've got a little bit of mystic in you or whatever, like I... Neither of us want to give credit, but we have to, <laughs> but we have to accept <laughs> this. I'm just like, well, how the fuck? I'm here. I've, you know, just had this whole blown out thing where I've come from. Um, yeah, the going away party for that trip with Barry and... Right. You know, Anne and whatever. But yeah, something else. Um, and so I'm there, running to Scott, and I'm like, 
Okay. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> I mean, you're bound to at that point. You know, there, sure, the, there's the, launching the, points for these. Yeah, the, the, the sites sure, of power sure. for yeah, climbing sure. at that point were were pretty common. You're going to run if you go to Yosemite. You're going to run into some other right. climber that you know. You go. You're in Kathmandu. Chamonix. Or, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Chamonix. Same thing. You're but in Grindelwald. We were in same thing. A but really weird part of Chamonix. Or I mean, in Kathmandu that day. Yeah. Like it was not where the climbers hang. Yeah, and I I don't know why you were there, but we the girls dragged us there for some holy man shit or something. I don't even remember why we were there. But the guys you know. lifting up cinder blocks with their dicks yeah. or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, for they real. Like, for, man, how did you guys score girls when that kind of shit is happening? I, that's I, a, know, I, I don't know. know but that dude must. <laughs> he really pulls uh, it he in. Was, he must was escrow he, for sure. You know, he, well, I guess in my own way, I was a train wreck with the with girls too. But you know, you and I were both train wreck with women that way. They just like. You know, be somewhere, and then it's like, you know, I, I sometimes when I was younger, I was like really passive about it. Like, yeah, I guess it's okay, sure. But but <laughs> but, but there's <laughs> something there's something to uh, happenstance that seems really powerful. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, you know, the the meeting of somebody happens more than once, and it happens in a specific area. It's like right. a meant to me. It's a destiny. It's a and because the, the sort of the first climbing, I mean, the first ice climbing you know trip where we met was in salt lake yeah the oh, following really? winter yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying when i came to see Kristen, right and then <laughs> this was a, and then scott the, came out this is the hot air balloon experience um yes, that was, yeah that yeah, was a hot air that was that was the year i remember it yeah oh, okay Jesus so it must have been about that same time <laughs> yeah so <laughs> and and did you have a guest room were you staying at the in the basement yeah with yeah 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 Fucking hell. Kristen's. Yeah. 5200 South and whatever. Yeah, she yeah. rented this basement from the, uh, I can't remember the lady's name, but it, anyway. Uh, yeah. So I came to, to see her. Scott came out and we, you know, did some ice climbing together. Nice. And, and then that launched into that, that same spring. I think it was a year later spring. Yeah. Where. No, that uh, spring. That spring was the bad weather, because it was, because it was, so it was ninety one. See, I'm. It had to have been the next spring. I I don't think it was, but it doesn't it doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah, some, yeah, yeah, at yeah. some point, he comes out for uh, in, in the springtime because generally conditions are pretty good mm. in or can be for the for mixed climbing um, in in the Mont Blanc Massif, and then. Uh, 30 days there, 28 days of bad weather. And and by the time that stretch of bad weather was done, um, it it the two days of good weather that you had there right. were the only two in a 55-day stretch yeah. of bad yeah. weather. It looks yeah. like you picked correctly then. Yeah. Oh, man. And then we tried it. So the, the, the one fucking day that there, or the one period where the weather forecast is good we go up and try to do a new route on the Petit Triolet or right. something. Yeah, and beautiful route. Yeah, and 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 when the rocks are falling, it's so fucking warm that rockfall starts at six thirty in the morning. Just like, okay, we're gonna die. We need to go down. Mm. And there was no like, there was like, I'm the guy who's like, yeah, we're not going down. Mm. And, and that day, I was like, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, that's yeah. who I am. Like, yeah. that's my thing. Like, like unless I had the vibe. Yeah. And and that day I was like, yeah, we're going down. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys ran down. No, we ran away. We yeah. totally ran away. Oh, totally ran away. And the only other time that happened with us that way was when we had gotten done with the rescue of the Spanish guys. We came back in to oh, do the fuck. first 
continuous push in in the Alaska right. range. We were going to yeah. do the the uh, infinite spur. Yeah, and we had a push. Yeah, we had a uh, uh, weather forecast that I've never had in the Alaska range. There was five suns. Five suns. <laughs> the entire state, like all around Alaska, five suns. High pressure everywhere. And so we get there and and we're like. Uh, do, we ski into base camp, you know, what we're going to have for one night. We're going to leave mm -hmm. some shit there and, you know, have to do a terrible walk back yeah. to our skis once we get done, blah, blah, blah. And getting ready and everything's okay. The weather's still good. The weather's perfect. And fucking who was, who was, who was our pilot? Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was I Katie. Know. No. Was it Katie? Was that her name? No. Uh, uh, two, two, two. Two McKinley Air. Yeah, two girls in a bird. Kelly. 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 Yeah. yeah, she later perished. Burned in. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, but landed us in a really good spot. Yeah. And so... <laughs> Close to the objective. We were, we were uh, just about to make dinner, I think, right? Something like that. It was like, you know, six at night or something. And we both looked at each other. And I don't know who said it first, because it's hard for either one of us to say it. But mm. it's like... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not psyched right now. It's a feeling, and, but nothing. Had... And and all I needed to hear, if it was me, was, dude, and I would have been okay, cool. And Mark's like, if if I sit at first, I, I don't, yeah, I don't it know. doesn't really yeah. matter. And and then Mark's like, yeah, I, I'm not psyched. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really not psyched. And Mark's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really not psyched. Even though everything up to that point is perfect, and we are so fucking fit. fit we've just spent a month so we've done like three weeks of volunteering at fourteen thousand feet oh, right, for okay. the park service yeah. right so we've done some it, this could have contributed to it there was a, there was one particularly horrible recovery not a rescue yeah um and but and we've been to the summit twice three times if you count three. the if you count the if you count the uh uh, Mesner, we didn't quite right. summit in nineteen yeah. two or nineteen four, whatever it was. So we've been up high a lot. We're super acclimatized. We're really fit, and we, we and the whole plan was like we're going to finish our patrol and we'll go back out to Talkeetna. We'll spend five days. You know, we're not going to lose that much acclimatization. We're going to refeed. We're going to get our shit together, and we're going to fly back in and fucking you know crush, snap mm -hmm. this thing off on yeah. Mount Foraker, and um and then the whole situation where we got. Uh, not dragged into, but basically volunteered. Okay, these Spanish dudes that we had seen five days before. No, they dragged us into it. Remember the whole phone call. Is that thing? where the C one thirty was flying yeah. past? Took the picture of you guys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there's so 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 we're at Daryl's uh, uh, house and Daryl's up in the mountain and all of a sudden the phone starts ringing and I'm like Mark's like going to get it. I'm like don't answer the phone. <laughs> you remember that? You remember me saying that? And he's like, yeah, okay. Rings again like 15 minutes later. I'm like don't answer the phone. And, and then it rings again 15 minutes later. And fifteen minutes, and Daryl's not here. And like, yeah, this is Mark. <laughs> and like, Mark's like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, we need you. And like, we're like, so you remember this part where I'm like, we're only going to do it if you if if Alex comes with us. That part I remember. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're not doing it unless unless there's three of us, and the only person we're taking with us is Alex. And they're like, uh, okay, well, we'll go ask Alex. And Alex is like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's yeah. go do it. Come on, man. So we do this rescue, which kind of wrecks us well, spiritually. It, and that's 
that's the short version that you know we expect we fly in in the fixed wing alex is already he's still on the mountain right we expect oh it's a horrible fu- it's a this the have you told helicopter- us before have you N- not on yeah okay. I mean, never right. talking here right. but i mean right. but, but and we can do the short version but basically we expect to that the park service um will respect our skills and you know do uh, long line is right away on the llama. Do, yeah, do do the rescue the way that we want it done, the way that would be the most effective way to do it, which would be to fly us. If it has to be one by one, whatever. I don't give a fuck. So fly us to 14 and then one by one, short haul us up and drop us with those guys. Mm-hmm. And we'll fucking sort it out. Yeah. And so there's if, three of them. At 14 this point. air pressure is hard to, for a chopper to go up that high with that much weight. So you have to. Yeah. yeah, but it's also okay. a llama. So it's a two seater. And right. so you, you, you'd have a pot. You, I mean, you could. And if you're dressed right, you ride on the fucking skid outside. Right. The doors are open whatever. I mean, it's, it's just like, OK, this is I've done. I've. Yes, uh, th- this has happened before. This is not new to me because right. after and we hours of flying in the Alps and those helicopters, we that, beg for it and we beg for it. Yeah. Mm. And they're like, no, what we need to be able to do is communicate <laughs> with these guys better. So oh, they dropped the so, fucking. So this is what. Yeah. So and then the, they cut the line and it goes up into the. Hel- OK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember the story. OK. So, oh, sorry. So if other people haven't heard it, it's yeah, fucking it, fascinating. It, it, so, um, so the the park service decides. Okay, what we're going to do because we think maybe we can talk them into <laughs> rescuing themselves, and Ugh. so um, Scott and I, Alex and Colin Grissom, had passed these dudes on the West Rib. So this is a Friday. This is going down. Right. I think Friday or Saturday. So on Monday, we had done the week a before. like nine hour whatever round trip from 14 to the summit back on the West rib. We had passed these dudes. They were at 16 on the West rib and, and they were hanging out and we were looking at them like, wow, they're pretty lightly dressed. That's weird. And we just blasted. <laughs> right? Literally, literally, right? Like, I mean, yeah. honestly, like looking at them and like, ah, fucking euros, whatever. Yeah. And we just blast by like that. And, um, and, and so, so when the, when Daryl's explaining the situation, we're like, oh fuck, we saw those dudes. Holy shit, they're only 3,000 feet higher than where we saw them five fucking days ago. Oh, God. And now they're calling for help. But they don't have, so the, the, at that point, I don't know what the situation is now, but at that point, you would normally rent a CB radio mm-hmm. um, from the Park Service because that's what the aviation frequency you know, that they used, or there was at least one that they could monitor, whatever. It was like the agreed upon sort of protocol, um, protocol for, for, you know, radios and frequencies in the park. Like, okay, if you've got a problem, you call on this frequency, this type of radio, this type of frequency, they didn't get that shit. So they've got an FM radio <laughs> that you would use in Europe. Right. Like normal FM frequencies. It fucking works better for one and they're smaller and et cetera. So they are in trouble and they've been calling for help. Somebody somewhere in Alaska due to some like weird atmospheric shit. Here's this radio call. Happens to understand Spanish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And calls like the that. fucking park service and says, I think you guys got a problem. And so there's Whoa. been no direct communication. It's all been this sort of, um, you know, Chinese whispers kind of situation. Right. So the park service doesn't actually know what's going on with these dudes, only that they're fucking in trouble. Mm-hmm. They need help. So they think, okay, we're going to. We're going to lower them a radio. We're going to lower them a stove with some fuel. We're going to lower them several liters of hot water, you know, in a bag from this chopper. And then once we can communicate directly with them, because, yeah, we got a Spanish speaker here. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then, so, but, but then you can't. And, and 
okay, fine. We'll we'll wait in base camp while you guys do this mm-hmm. because more information is better than less. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather just like fly me up there and fucking with a with a radio so that you have, you know, that because if they speak Spanish, then it's you know latin and Fuzzy, i'm fluent yeah, in french yeah. and then maybe we can kind of communicate or whatever i don't fucking know how this is going to go down but i'm just like get, get me up there yeah and they're like no no we're gonna do it this way so but because they can't communicate with them you can't communicate proper helicopter procedures so as i understand what happens next <laughs> there's a heavy bag it's full of you know hot water and fuel and shit like that with the stove and maybe some extra sleeping bags or whatever and that's in a bag on the end of a line which is like a heavy ass fucking steel carabiner on it and so they go they hover over these guys they're at whatever 19 something uh, i don't know 18 18 7 okay like 18 well, they're, they're pretty they're high up there hmm. and they're in trouble and they're on a not ledge yeah. <laughs> that, that yeah. they've chopped out um and uh and so they lower this heavy bag and i guess generally you'd normal protocol would be that uh, once they have control of the bag that uh, you've got to wait on the end of the line that you're lowering to them and that goes that gets sent down Mm -hmm. whatever somehow drop from the top not release from the bottom yeah and uh, so there's you know they're they're close to the ground there's a fair amount of turbulence coming from under the rotors so they unhook the bag let the carabiner on the end of the line go that basically gets sucked up into uh, the Tail. way it was described. No, it gets sucked up into the main rotor, pings off um, yeah, yeah, one right, of those, right. goes back, wraps around the tail boom, and pins the cables that you use to um, to steer yeah. the aileron in the back um, to to the, to the tail boom. So you know, whoop, 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 you know, the fucking helicopter, you know, takes off. They go uh, land somewhere on the Peters Glacier. And, you know, unfuck that. But now the helicopter is in a condition that basically it cannot fly anymore until it undergoes a, you know, class one, two, three, whatever inspection. So it's okay to, for the pilot to fly it out. Mm. But once he gets there, it's FAA or... or it's right. fucking or, grounded. Yeah. Right. Like that, that helicopter is no longer an option in this rescue situation. So now those guys are up there. They've got this radio and I guess, you know, some communication is starting to happen. And they realize, like, okay, well, that helicopter's down. If we have to go get him, then now we need to call um, the, Sugar Bears. the Sugar Bears. And they're the basic, Chinook or something. It's a Chinook, and yeah. it's based in – and they're in Fairbanks. But the scramble time is like six hours. <laughs> Shit. So it ain't going to be there for a while. Well, at least they have hot water. Uh, yeah. No shit. <laughs> so – the the day wears it, so that helicopter gets launched from fair. Or they start scrambling, whatever, and they you know they they're eventually they're they're on their way. But now we've got the six hour downtime where they're trying. You know, there's sort of some communication going on or whatever. We've got the spotting scope on them. I remember at some point Kevin Morgan Kevin. is yeah. got his eye on the spotting scope, and he starts giving us the fucking wide world of sports commentary. Oh my god! Oh my god! Self arrest! Oh fuck! Use your ice axe! And so he's watching these guys on this ledge. There were three, and then one of them somehow trips, falls off this. And it's not a ledge. It's like, in, you know, it's whatever. It's the middle of this 50-degree snow slope, and they've, they've carved out some less than 50-degree place. And so this guy, you know, starts falling. And, and, and so 
you know, Kevin's looking through the telescope and he's watching the sky basically fucking tomahawk down the Orient Express. Which um, they call that because the all the Koreans who have fallen down it. Yeah, th- there was a uh, there there was a big incident where like five or something, yeah. and I can't remember if, um, Korean or Japanese. I can't remember, but it was uh, a number of people have fallen down this thing and not stopped. And then ended up at the bottom not alive either, which oh, is exactly geez. what happened. And so this dude's like had, you know, fucking starfished 3,000 feet below where he started essentially. And, um, uh, and like, okay, so that dude's dead. Or in modern vernacular, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> so that happened so then so i think and i want to say maybe maybe andrew mclean was at fourteen thousand yeah, or something yeah. and he they got a couple of guys together to go over and get the body and um and so we're still waiting you know alex and and uh scott and i were still waiting in base camp hydrating eating because mm-hmm. we know that once that helicopter gets here it's yeah. it's gonna it's on, Game and, on. And, yeah. and 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 we may not and and the park service is still reluctant to let us you know to to, to let us out hmm. you know like it was the weirdest fucking thing. For Why'd me. you bring like, us here? Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. If you don't want us to, if you don't believe that we're competent, yeah. if you don't believe that you, that we are totally autonomous, that we are not going to become a problem, then don't fucking invite us. Right. But you invite us because we're competent. So shut the fuck up mm-hmm. and listen. One person. Because you, JD, yeah. don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like you've never been up there. You've never been in this situation. We've done this a bunch. Let us, hand, you know, put us in the situation where we can handle it. Eventually, the helicopter um, shows up, refuels base camp. We three get on, <laughs> and 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 we launch. And we're like, okay, fucking finally, we're out of like the, we're free of the, you know, the bureaucratic bullshit that is down there on the glacier and, mm-hmm. and back in. Have Tarkina. you have you ever been in a big? Bird like that, but no, not a Chinook. So, so they're they're incredibly loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. Imagine. I mean, like because it's got two super props, loud. right? Two right, overhead props. Right. Yeah. And 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 there's a minimum amount of insulation between you and the outside. <laughs> yeah, like because <laughs> right because because why fly that? Right? Yeah, right. And, and so there's one headset in the back. <laughs> right. So and, two of you are deaf. Yeah. What? Okay. <laughs> so I'm. I have the headset on, and I'm like listening to the pilots and sort of able to communicate with them, okay. et cetera. And then Scott and I are just sitting there, like, and we are so well hydrated. Oh my we're god! Just dude. slowly <laughs> fucking oh waiting to burst. You yeah. know, and yeah, and we don't know what the protocol. I can't just piss in the fucking helicopter, or whatever. But we're we're fl- we 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 go up, and they're like, okay, we know that. We need to, if we land on the football field, which is sort of just, you know, several hundred feet below the summit, and that's big enough for that helicopter to land, although none had, no, no Chinook had ever landed that high before. <laughs> they didn't tell us that there had been no landing anywhere close to that high before. Yeah. We didn't know ever. that. We just assumed that they're like game, so that it must be cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just in the back, and I think they'd done a, like something around 18,000 or somewhere bef- bu- you know around that elevation before but we didn't find this shit out until yeah, later yeah. and w- what but, were they at 187 did you say the, oh, yeah the but we had to yeah. land at like 195 yeah. okay and then to go, go down, down. to that okay right okay. cuz that's where this big expanse is and so they so they've done the research and they think yeah we think we can do it especially if we have like an upwind landing <laughs> and this and that and <laughs> think we can do it honest <laughs> to fucking god dude that was really the deal and yeah. so we think we can do it 
And so the pilot's name is Bill Barker, and the guy was a fucking stud. He was a stud. He was and, totally uh, badass. And and so, warrant officer. And it, right? was, and it was amazing. So we wasn't a, wasn't a, was not an officer. Like yeah. the guys who he's fly the warrant. choppers yeah, he's okay. and are are the warrant officers. Oh my god. Yeah. So you know. So we okay. The wind, you know, the general wind direction is this, and so we need to come in. It's you know it's it's going up the south face, and so we need to come in from the north. But as the you know the wind's coming up the south face and it's developing this huge rotor on the north side, and so they try and fly through the rotor to get this you know get this upwind landing, and the turbulence is just fucking crazy, <laughs> and the helicopters you know like it's motion it's like mm-hmm. yeah it's a motion sick nightmare. I mean if you had an air sick if I had an air sick bag I would have fucking puked. Right. But we made like two tries to fly through the rotor and there's like we can't fucking do it. Well, you. What I and I'm not and saying this is before the the fuel dump thing happened. Yeah, yeah. So what I remember is the second time when they tried to fly through that, we air sheared for 250 to 500 feet. Do you remember that part? <laughs> no. Where, where the, I believe I have successfully like eliminated like, that from like, my memory. So they so they yeah. air sheared selective amnesia, and yeah. then they and then they just pulled away, like gone, like yeah. far away from the mountain now. We're far away we're from far, the mountain. We're far, far away. And we're like, okay, we're going to have to try for a downwind landing, but we're too heavy. So but they don't tell us that. Right. So, well, no. This later ha- they do. Later they do. But for, but we're flying around. Don't you remember we're flying around for... No, for hours. No, this is. but I had the conversation with them on the radio, which was like, why oh. the fuck are we doing the scenic flight? And they're yeah. like, we're too heavy to do the downwind landing so we got to dump some fuel i'm just like well can't you just dump you know can't we we need to burn some fuel i said well can't you just dump it and the guy's like uh no if we dump fuel uh there's a risk of it getting sucked up into one of the turbines and then the helicopter going up in a ball of flame and i'm just thinking to myself okay this is not hypothetical this has happened <laughs> yeah okay right. cool you would know that so, because... hey can we go look at mount huntington yeah you know that <laughs> right, was, which right. was my response i'm just yeah. like we get like a fucking 45 minutes to one hour scenic tour of the alaska range free of charge and Holy... you still have to piss <laughs> all three of us oh dying. dude we're fucking dying <laughs> dying but, back there but obviously this is going to happen right right and 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 i had in the headset at some point you know with the situation with the rotor um, going in and, and they did, they'd made the, the first attempt and, and it was that little moment that of shorthand that, you know, Scott and I shared earlier, which is basically the pilot asking the co-pilot, what do you think? And the co-pilot going back, I don't know, man, what do you think? <laughs> and the guy's, you know, I asked what you think. And, th- and, and that's when I took the headphones off. I was like, I can't, right, right. I do not want to listen to these guys to- who I'm like totally trust. Like these guys are total fucking studs and they don't know. <laughs> They're not sure they can do this. There's there's a reason they sent these two dudes to do this. Yeah, yeah. Right. And if these are the two dudes that they sent and they're given the I don't know, man, what do you think? <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. Yeah. If if the two most experienced people in the position are having doubts, yeah. then the person who doesn't know any better should have more doubts. They should, should, they no, should he shouldn't the, listen to them having the their headphones off. Okay. Take the headphones off. <laughs> take the headphones off. <laughs> yeah. So we do the scenic flight and then um and they're like, All right, let's you know, we think we're light enough and we've basically got enough fuel for like two tries before we gotta bail. Oh, so uh downwind landing in a Chinook that has some kind of 
not really skis, but you know, skids, skids, yeah. whatever on the bottom. Bigger, not, like not, snow not wheels. skids rather than like they have. They sometimes they have wheels on them, and mm-hmm. sometimes they have the, like the small skids, and then they have bigger skids for like landing you know, on snow or yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. softer landings. So, right. so, so they're not meant to be skis. <laughs> um, no, and so <laughs> like come in over the over the south face which is fucking beautiful you know you'd see like there's the casino there's the west rib there's the fucking slovak direct there's all and and then suddenly you're you know right over the plateau and coming in landing and it's like and it's you know i'm looking out the window and i'm like holy fuck we are hauling ass yeah we're not go- <laughs> we're not hovering right, right over yeah. the landing zone this is going to be coming in like a fucking airplane <laughs> yeah we are like it, in an airplane essentially and then and then the, the skids touch down in the snow and, and these guys modulate the weight of the bird on the snow like to figure out how hard it is and this and that. I mean, it's it's fucking highly, highly technical landing. And and then the full weight of the helicopter um, gets on the ground and it's still moving forward at a good clip. And I'm looking out of it. I just had this vision in my head of looking out this little round portal outside of like being in the school bus when I was a kid that hit the ice <laughs> on the, on the, uh, you know, on the way to school, and we're just going to start cartwheeling pretty soon. So, you know, uh, to, this is completely aside. For, I mean, they they need your guys' skill set to accomplish something that they put you in a situation that really nobody is prepared for. Yes. Oh, but uh, no one knew that no one was prepared. <laughs> so that's yeah. So that makes it okay, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know we're all. Like the, it's plausible deniability. Like the Park Service didn't know that, that they had never landed a Chinook that high. Yeah, and the you know the uh, guys in the, the 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 warrant officers had no idea like how difficult going seven hundred feet downhill and then bringing the, the people uphill on technical terrain could possibly be. And uh, luckily it, now, luckily for us, there's only two now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. The good news is. Yeah. There's I, less. I've got good news and bad news and it's exactly the same. <laughs> One of the dudes died. and But you don't have to bring him up because he, yeah. he's down. Yeah. He's already down. He he's already down. Yeah, he helps you out. You know? Yeah. Which, I mean, it's like, that's, total gallows humor but it you know at the time i mean we're still kind of actually i'm not pissed at that point i'm just like wow hope this thing stops and then eventually i think like it, it, it <laughs> and it'd be kind of cool that was it, you know, was it i don't want to make it up but was it 20 meters oh it was 70 it was lo- so it was long no it was yeah, all, yeah. like i'm so yeah. it's it's a long fucking skid before right. the helicopter comes to a stop yeah um, and you know, for me, it's always been somewhere, but be- you know, between fifty and hundred because I remember <laughs> yeah, yeah. the because there's that photograph and the yeah, skid yeah, marks yeah, yeah, are. Yeah, uh, you can see it. You can see it. That's right. That's so right. there's like the C one thirty flying cover. Oh that, right, you know, they took a- <laughs> yeah to, to basically. I don't know, but one of the guys on board, one of the um, PJs. So that was guy from the two tenth um, in there that took took that photo. That's yeah. in, that you have seen, Michael, and then Scott has seen yeah, for, yeah. The, for the first time the other day. Yeah, actually, um, and. So the you know the helicopter comes to a stop and the the ramp goes down and <laughs> and it, there's not even any goodbyes and it's not like yeah come get us in an hour we all three of us just sprint out the back of the helicopter one piece that I have to that I have to say before we sprint out is the dude does say something to us the dude comes up to us and goes 
<laughs> and we're like what? gesturing and and he's and then he finally yells it for us to hear you have two hours <laughs> which, basically the, it, which is impossible that we're yeah. gonna you know well yeah because you have to go down seven hours it, it, for 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 the three at that particular moment in time for three of the studliest alpinists in the world mm -hmm. it's going to take us seven hours and then and but they time out in two that legally or, have or to, in three they're hours. super really dangerous like it's dangerous for the bird it's Ill, it's uh, against orders wow. to stand any longer and so we're like so i remember looking at you guys and be like maybe we'll get one of them down to 17 alive yeah but the first thing we're doing is <laughs> pissing. Oh my Un god! Like unloading six liters of piss <laughs> onto Mount McKinley. <laughs> At least it'll be really light. Yeah, and and and, and the whole two-hour thing, you know, that leaves your head, you know, because we're just as, as soon as we're you know as soon as we're done pissing or whatever, we're running to you know, try and find the top of the West Rib. Okay, because it's also now it's whatever the fuck at night yeah, it is yeah. but it's late enough in the year that it, that it's it's still Stay light away. it's dusk whatever yeah. um and so we you know we get to the top of the west where we find our way down and we get down to these guys and you still don't know why these guys are we we, we we are we are pretty pretty have, sure that they're just jacked from their uh, lack okay. of clothes and okay. they didn't did it wrong but what what we, we, we have did, hypothesized that they are not ready for <laughs> <laughs> what we've what done they, on the way down is we were kind of heavy do you remember this part yeah so we each had like three ropes mm -hmm. and we probably had two dozen pickets yeah and so we on the as soon as we got to the west rib where it starts getting steep we st we start pounding pickets and putting in fixed lines. lines. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we can so we can get get back faster. Get, yeah, yeah, get back out. So yeah. at least there's like a there's a for sure way mm -hmm. you know to to climb the ropes back out. Once we got the fix, so and then we get down there and we realize from a variety of sort of conversation of like a tiny bit of Spanish, a little bit of French, and this and that that you know you know Scott's doing a like a very. Um, Scott was incredibly compassionate at that point when the guys were asking about their friend. Ooh. What happened to our friend? They don't know he's fucking dead. He's just they gone. thought he just wandered off. Yeah, he's just gone. And so, you know, Scott's just like, no, no, no. He's he's just down below. Our friends are getting him. Everything's gonna be fine because we can't let. Because if yeah, if we you don't want him to psychologically start, like, freak out, fucking freak right. out, right. and. Oh. He's just down below. Our friends are on the way. They're, you know, we've talked to him on the on the radio. Yeah, they're going to get how, him right how now. How you, like, I, I mean, because my initial reaction with everything would be like to force reason into somebody. What what is it about dealing with people in these? It was it so many rescues, or you've been in that situation so many times that you knew like some lies would help here. Yeah. But but also like arriving in the situation and seeing the utter sort of chaos, chaos, the lack of hygiene. Like they obviously when they set up this camp, they were already fucked. That ill prepared right. for the whole thing. N yeah. Not, but they were. You know, they're so deep that right. like it wasn't a shelter. It wasn't even a fucking ledge. It wasn't in cut. It was <sighs> like you take a step, you're off the edge. Right. It was, you know, and shit was like lying everywhere. The water bottles were frozen solid. The 
Like it was just like okay, these dudes are the one guy that we came. The, the first guy that we came to, the one guy was kind of in a sleeping bag or in the tent or something. But the one guy that we came to first was sitting on a rock, and he had down mittens, and they were uh, only this much of his hands were covered by the down mittens, and the rest of his hands were exposed. Exposed, and he was sitting on the rock looking upward. And kind of praying. And we didn't, or whatever he was doing, yeah. but he didn't know we were there. Oh, because he was. Until we like shook him and said, hey, 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 you know, like like that. <sighs> yeah, so these guys are out there and you're just like, well, okay, they're, they can't help us help them. Right. Which kind of you go into a rescue situation like that and you're, you're you know, the ideal situation is that they're cognizant enough or whatever and capable enough so they can actually help you help a, a, you know, a, bit. Yeah, yeah. a bit, a bit. Yeah. Okay. Not going to happen. They're now the three job orders of what they can do. Yeah. And now the job just gets kind of harder. Yeah. Not only sort of language barrier situation or whatever, but, um, but just the fact these guys were so far fucking down the road. And, uh, um, so we're like, all right, we're going to get, we got to go up. You mean there's no like helicopter? There's no nothing? I'm like, no, you guys. This is it. You're looking at it. You're looking at it. You signed up for a climb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So does this mean uh, how I imagine this is you came in the other side, dropped down the rib, and then you're going to bring them back up? Yeah. yeah. So are you accidentally going to get them to summit the climb? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, pretty sort close. Of. Okay. Pretty close. Okay. I mean, we're going to get them closer to the summit than they were, right. but we have to get back up to where the helicopter can land. Right. Yeah, yeah, Cause, exactly. Because they can't. There's no way. Even to, though we know the helicopter at this point isn't going to be there. Right. Yeah, because we're gonna we're on the two hour limit. Sure, right. Already. So we don't know that they're close to it at that point. So you took you two hours to almost get hour to and it. a half to fix ropes and get right. them awake and get the yeah, shit yeah, together. Yeah. And no, we're not taking your fucking sleeping bag. You know that's yeah. that's part of the mountain now. You know whatever. You know and like and and so basically we're trying to get them back. So so, so to get them back up, it's either like if we get them up to the football field and the helicopter miraculously was there if we got it in there in time. That's one thing, but we need to get them up to that high to get on the normal route anyway. Oh, right. Okay. To, yeah. to, do, to get to, them down to 17 where there's some help for us. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be... It's going to be... All night. 14 hours, and the most dangerous part of the West Buttress is the traverse from Denali Pass down to 17. Yeah. It's where everyone fucks up and falls. And so we're going to have to, well, and we're going to have to just, we're, we're just going to have to like literally repel them down. Okay. You know? Yeah. So it's going to take a, it's going to take a bunch of time to, yeah. if, you know, if, if that's how the situation resolves, but in no matter what we have to go up, there is no right. down. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, we, you know, put some ascenders on the fixed ropes and, you know, one of the, you know, both of them are ambul- ambulatory in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and as we start moving, one dude just fully checks out, like can't fucking walk anymore. Right. And that's when, and there's this, you know, there's the famous story and some of, you know, some, a lot of what you, if you've heard it on a, you know, other people tell it who weren't there because right. they've read the thing or whatever, you know, it's just, it, it, no matter what version you hear, what Alex did to like put this dude on his back mm-hmm. essentially, and then, you know, have us you know, pull him no, up. No, 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 no. So Mark's Mark is doing his own private Idaho, <laughs> his own private hell, because he's got the one who is 
in deep quotes ambulatory. <laughs> so he's got the one dude that you know no can bear. No, he's got that's the bad that that's the guy oh. who's gone bad on us. Oh, okay. And so he's got the one guy who's staggering and. You know, but he's, at least he's on, he he can put one foot in front of the but other. But he could still drag Mark to the to the bottom of the mountain mm -hmm. if Mark makes yeah, one yeah. error on this on this deal. What so and and Alex and I have left that dude to Mark, and so Alex and I are helping this guy for a while, and then he collapses and goes into convulsions. You, you remember that? Like he starts shaking, and, uh, and I was as you said in my own private Idaho. <laughs> and then I'm like, and I'm like, well, and, and I literally said something to Alex like, well, we'll we'll save one of them. And then Alex looks at me and goes, ah, I think I can carry him. And I'm like, he's a smaller guy. And I'm like, all right, I'll short rope you. So I, you know, we tie in short to the rope and I'm literally uh, belaying Alex. And he, I, I help him get the guy on his back, right? Mm -hmm. And then Alex, we, I short rope him for like, I don't know, 200 meters, something like that. Not a huge distance, but, you know, but, uphill yeah, 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 and in hard. technical terrain. Mm -hmm. And uh, he puts him down for a rest. And the guy, I believe, knowing that Alex picked him up and carried him, brought him back spiritually. And he got up. He couldn't walk, but he got to his feet. And so then for the rest of the rescue, he was arm over each of our shoulder. Oh, okay. And and sometimes the feet were like this, just Lace, laces down. Yeah, right. As they say <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's super cool, right? Laces down for sure. Sometimes helping a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so we get to the uh, flat part where those fixed ropes, you know, where they, they end. And so we're walking across this flat section. But there's a big, there's always a ridge <laughs> oh, that, that uh, makes it impossible to actually see over to the football field. So we cannot see the Chinook. And I remember... Well, we don't know what's going on. We're just like... And, and oh, I remember, oh, I, I was like, I don't think we should even put the time into going over there. They told us two hours. And I think it was you or Alex, I don't remember who's like, no, nah, we should check. <laughs> just in case. Because... It could be forty-five minutes. Which what do you want to do? Which which coin do you want to? Yeah, which side of the coin do you yeah, want to say? Forty-five right. minutes or fourteen hours? Yeah. Down to seventeen, and we right. all you know, right. and only one lives. Yeah, but it, 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 at that point, so we we go we like get up that last little rise and look down on the football field, and it's like fucking the most glorious thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. That helicopter's there, the rotor spinning. Poop, poop, yeah, poop, 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 and poop, seven poop. hours. Exactly. Six hours or seven hours. Yeah, we're five like hours overdue or whatever. Yeah. Right, but you're and, dead on what you think that it's going to be because you know. Yeah, because – and and we we get the guys, you know, by hook or by crook, whatever, um, into the into the helicopter. The helicopter's like, now they've, they've run out of all aviation O2. They're way past the time limit. They're breaking the fucking law to even be there. Mm -hmm. but and they're, they're in deep shit when they when right. they get. I mean, that's like that's like losing a stripe mm -hmm. kind of shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just like, well, we and and they said, look, we we under we we get what you guys have been through. There's no way we could fucking leave you up here. They voted. They voted, mm -hmm. and it was like a unanimous vote to stay to like come back up. Hmm. 
and and that wasn't they weren't there. No, no, no. Yeah, they yeah, couldn't yeah, on the right, football right, field right, the entire right. time. They, they you know they went down, they refueled, and they yeah. and they had the vote because they and they and you know on the radio we're just like yeah we can we can fucking handle that we can handle ourselves. We will not be a liability. You do not have to come back and get us. Right. Maybe we don't come back with two guys alive. But we'll but take for, care of ourselves. But, you know, yeah, but, but the three of us are going to be fine, and we're going to get somebody down to seventeen alive. Right. Yeah. And so we get our we fucking helicopters there, and we, we get these guys in, and then it's nineteen five or whatever it is, and a straight shot to Talkeeton at three hundred feet above sea level, and Ooh. and which is in how long? How long did it take? I. It, it seemed like it was five minutes. It's probably like it. I'll just say it's it, it's less than an hour. Yeah. Yeah, but more I mean, than thirty minutes, less than an hour. But you just, but it's just like this straight shot, and you're just, and you can just feel like you're falling out of the sky yes, this entire yes. time. And <laughs> as you're, and we're coming from like, and every foot of altitude loss is like it's warmer, it's safer. You know, you're going to like. Uh, I mean, everything is just like okay. Now the womb is closing around, and it was a, and it was in. Total free. One of the dudes went into shock, and we got and him on his back. On treated the, him, you know, yeah. treated him for shock. You know, he's on his back. His feet are in the air. You know, blah blah blah. The whole thing, and and then and and there's and and now those guys are getting like hyper oxygenated compared to where mm-hmm. where they've just been for right. however many fucking days, five days, or six and days. so their you know mental functions are coming back in this and that, and so everybody's your friend on the landing strip. I mean, it <sighs> was a. They walked like, out of the, they they both walked out of the chopper unassisted. Whoa! Completely unassisted. Fucking amazing! Like, and I'm just well. The three of us were just like, "Oh my god, what just happened here?" Right. You like know? to me, it was time travel. Yeah. And I was and and I was mentally fucking shattered. Right. At that point, and, and like holy fuck and they're like hugging and thanking us and like the gun one guy pulls his fucking mitten off oh, and, horrible. And, and the tips of his fingers to the second joint come off with it degloving I mean just uh. like because the frostbite was, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, it, obviously you know his fingers had it been was gonna f- come off no matter what but it had been frozen for days yeah or yeah. something at that point right so as they rewarmed on the way down and everything just like I don't it was oh. and and uh and those were mittens that, like, either that maybe you had loaned him or Alex had loaned him yeah. or given him or whatever. And Alex, you were just like, whoa, 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 dude. <laughs> those are yours now. <laughs> those are yours now. You can say yeah. part of you was in them and yeah. he you know. gave you something back. <laughs> yeah. And <sighs> then, and there was some, I just remember there was some weird thing like we had one of their quick draws on our harness that Alex we'd did. harvest or Alex, Alex did. did. And then the dude with the bad hands was like, oh, I, that's mine. And he, like, took it. <laughs> and, we're, <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> You're never gonna need one of those again, dude. <laughs> exactly. Oh you're you're never gonna go climbing again with your yeah. fingers like they're fucking right. gone, dude. Like you're maybe and, your hands. And, yeah, but I th- I think ultimately there was like a follow up article some you know sometime later. Yeah, yeah. Um, where yeah, uh, I I think you know a, a bit of thumb, but all fingers to the second joint. Yeah, you know, so the dude's not really going climbing again or whatever. But um, and, and then we had to tell him somebody had to tell him, and I don't but, remember who did it. Oh. It wasn't us, but it wasn't us. Yeah, yeah. We like had the to park tell service them did. that their friend so. was actually not going to meet him there. Yeah, Ooh. and uh, you know, you could, I, I mean, it was like a horrific situation. Which then, you know, now I've been, you know, I'm mentally pretty far down the road right now, mm-hmm. and 
really angry because that guy could have yeah if they'd done what we'd asked him to do we would have we would have we would have three yeah so now this dude's so there's a guy there's someone dead and basically i put that responsibility on a particular individual (laughs) you're rough man that was (laughs) and uh so then it's you know everybody's like oh successful rescue this that the other thing you know you know beers on us at the fairview so we go to the Fairview and beers in me in the Fairview, and um, I I don't I don't you know like I never drink like that was like mm-hmm. I it it makes me sick like it's a vestige of having abdominal epilepsy like I every once in a while I would tr- do it mm-hmm. you know and suffer huge consequences but I I, I hated it uh, but uh, I won't say who had the dope M K. Uh, <laughs> god bless you god sir. bless you god bless you mk oh my god so he took me out and got me like totally blitz stoned while those guys were drinking and and then i came back in and could hang with everyone and we till dawn right something yeah i i just i but he went off on uh on jd like i i only i'm i i have a i only remember this because what I've been told about what happened, uh, apparently I was slightly aggressive. Oh man! Basically blaming somebody, you know, accusing him of not not going so, you know, manslaughter, not murder. Yeah, you know, essentially, negligence. But, uh, huh? yeah. Negligence. Yeah. Well, it, worse negligence than negligence, manslaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you know, like in the name of sort of protocol protecting your ass whatever um well yeah it was but 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 whatever so two guys get to live one guy doesn't yeah somebody's responsible for you know one of those things some other people are responsible for the other part and uh and bill barker is still a fucking stud yeah and so what happens <laughs> what ultimately happens with the uh with the the guys in the from the sugar bears that bill and his and his crew is that because that guy flying cover gets a picture on the front cover of the Anchorage Times. Yeah, they get a commendation instead of getting busted down a stripe. Oh. Yeah, so, you know, so that they're fo- heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and they even in the article, someone smart enough to even know that it's the highest Chinook landing ever. And I think still to this day is. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. 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 And so. I mean, because why would you try and land one higher? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Because that didn't really work. <laughs> You'd be it a didn't fool really work the first time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Barely worked the first yeah. time. But 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 that means that so now we've gone through that whole thing together. So we've done our three weeks and mm-hmm. you know volunteering and like I said had some rescues and one of which was highly um, emotional for me. Scott tried to protect me from seeing some shit that I eventually saw and just fucked me up. And to this day, I will never forget that. Um, and yeah. then we come down and we, and we, we go, you know, we're trying to recover. We go back and we get involved with this thing. Right. And then we're still somehow imagine we're going to fucking do the infinite spur in a single push. But, <laughs> but that's not, but, but I still to this day do not believe that's why, that's why we're not alive because we were shattered. Because we still would have tried that. And, and we, if we had weather, I think even in our wrecked condition, we, we, once we got on the thing, yeah, doing the thing, yeah, and so, so you don't think the hesitation, like to go up there, no, 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 had no this was that. this was mystical. Connection. So this wasn't that thing. thing. Okay. So, but all I'm saying is, like, 
what we had just been through had made us a lot more sensitive. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Like you We've know, been around death. Yeah, and and you know, like we had like it's like the 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 uh, safecracker who you know files off his all the skin in his finger so he can feel the tumblers. Like mm-hmm. that's that's where we where we're at right there. And so you know, we do this thing where we're like, yeah, I, I'm not psyched, and like in perfect weather, no hesitation. We're like, Kelly, come and get us, and she's like, what? And and we're, I don't mean this too egotistically but we're like kind of heroes in the alaska range mm. like you know what we're kind of the shit at that, that particular time and she couldn't believe it and she's like why and we're like yeah we're not doing it we're going home and she was stunned and she's like are you, are you guys sure and we're like yep she comes and gets us fly to to tell Keetna, and uh suddenly it's no more five sons oh but not right away. Like eighteen hours. So, so you would have been caught. You would have been pretty high in the middle. Really high with not with no gear. Like wow. you know, we were planning on bringing ice tools and you know a rope and like a really light rack, but yeah. nothing to be able to get forty rappels off of that thing, which is how high we would have been. <laughs> how bad it, was it? Four rescues in on Denali. Yeah. It, during that storm, like surprise storm, because yeah. everybody like counted on five sons, right? In, which is, I mean, it's a euphemism for just because it's like in the newspaper yeah. when you have the forecast. It's like Monday, it's you know got the sun, and then so tons Tuesday. of people started heading out because of that. Up, yeah. up, 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 you up, know? up, going to the top of McKinley because the weather forecast is amazing, and then surprise, boom, and Ugh, you know hundred mile an hour wind, rat trap and, closes. Yeah, yeah. So it's really bad. And it's, uh, well, so th- there's two experiences that l- it seemed the most shaping are actually not the objective of mountain climbing. Like the mo- the most sh- <laughs> maybe that was obvious, <laughs> and I, I'm like a little bit behind. But the uh, we're not we're, we're laughing with you. Okay. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, definitely right, right. Because yeah. the detail that goes into these like ancillary things you get dragged into them like this is well uh, maybe they're palpable because that is um um the the hero's journey or the yeah yeah right like you got your normal world is just to be up and climbing shit right and high-fiving each other or whatever the fucking you know we prefer to chest bump right well i was kidding i was kidding i was saying that in jest because at the top everybody let's get the fuck out of here kind of attitude yeah the 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 the, so I haven't been up high like you guys, but I've been up high enough to know that it's not that fucking celebratory. Like, I feel sick. I want to get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> plus, 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 everyone, plus, the hard part starts. plus, everyone fucks up on the way down and gets killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's when they all die. Yeah. That's the harder part. But so you're, 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 you're. You take your skills that you normally apply in a day to day ordinary world that you've developed with an amount of artistic quality that's quite admirable. And then you get asked to get pulled out into an extraordinary world where you're, you're reluctant to go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You yeah. answer a call. <laughs> yeah. There's literally, th- and then the, the threshold gardens of uh, guardians of bureaucracy, you have to get through this impasse. Right. Um, 
and 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 you come back with this like knowledge of human spirit that you get to share with people that doesn't actually happen on an actual like ascent. Right. Like when you're going in a team, it seems like it's very straightforward. It's very you know bad stuff happens. You overcome the odds, but you're when you're put into a world that you don't really want to be in is when your skills are actually fucking useful. Right. Um. And and. <laughs> Justifies Mark's elitist attitude. <laughs> totally. Well, I mean, because he gets to be an elitist for a good reason, right? Like it, now, I'm not just a dick. I'm a, a yeah. dick who knows better, and you have to listen to me. And right. and the funny thing is, who who else are you going to call right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like so, yeah. So, say say all the bad shit you want. Yeah. But every time I've been to fucking 14, I've gotten dragged into, like I've been invited to help out. Yeah. In some situations. I'm just like, yeah, I'm the... I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I'm Yeah, I'm a fucking asshole. Yeah, I'm the guy who writes the fucking crazy shit. Mm-hmm. I'm the this, that, and the other thing. But so, also pulling people off. So, of, but so also they, I will give whatever... Yeah. So we talked to Colin Grissom. Nice. So he's the one who who we did that, uh, uh, you know, who we were up in the, on, on the rescue camp with, mm-hmm. and so we're talking to him about this rescue when they're asking us to go up, and uh, I, I say, Colin, you have a patrol up there. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there is a volunteer crew, right, and some PJs and some other hitters, a bunch yeah. of people up there, and he look and and he and he says to, he starts laughing and he goes. You're so naive. (laughs) (laughs) And so that was it. That was all he said. You know, you're so naive. You know, get your asses up here. (laughs) So, so, you know, because you can. Right. Yeah. Because you can. It's, it's exactly who does the hard thing. And honestly, like, uh, like Mark, wrong place, right time, a boatload of times in my career where I gave up my objective to help somebody, mm-hmm. uh, you know, eight or nine times. And uh, and there's no question. There's no question. You never, it's just like, this is what I'm doing No, today. one's more important than the other. This is the, right. Yeah. And my recreational and ambition. Those, and those who, you know, see the karmic wheel would say that maybe Mark and I are here because we did that. When other people who had maybe not exactly the same skill set said no. Mm. So, you know. I, I don't One of those, the, in, when we were up for the Slovak and we rescued Lev. Lev. Lev the lion. <laughs> which means lion from 17. And that was just like this. It was a rescue where we had just rolled into 14 to acclimatize. And uh, Roger was Robinson. We were, we were there for less than four hours. <laughs> four fucking hours. At the 14,000 foot camp on the normal route. And then they asked you to go to 17. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got this thing. and But it's just like, so it's Scott and Steve House and I. And then... Uh, Pete Athens is there. Yeah. And I make him come. And he comes. Joe. <laughs> make I just like Alex. Like, I'm like, hey, yeah. Pete, you're coming with us, man. You're, yeah. we, and you're, so Reichert's there. Reichert's there, right? Um, and then three uh, of his friends. A couple of, and then it was, uh, two. I want to say Jonathan Davis, who was a PJ. Yeah. But also, but one of the, one of the more capable ones on the mountain. Right. Um, 
And so we just fucking charmed them. And, it, and, you know, in our typical thing, we're just like, well, uh, when you guys catch up to us at 17, we'll have the package ready. You know, essentially, because Scott and Steve and I are just like, and Go I think fast. Pete came with us. Yeah. Yeah. He, stayed. He, he, he totally, hung. He, he, yeah. I can't remember if Joe did or not. No. But, okay. No. No. <laughs> but we get there. We get the guy ready. Everybody else shows up. And it was just this, like, it was this crazy, completely well-oiled, like, machine of like moving this guy who's you know basically in a bag um down the you know across a uh, across a thousand foot sort of high angle traverse high angle traverse on a on a like a ridge top and then (laughs) and then down whatever and it's just like you know it's it's lowering him down these fixed lines it's passing the knots it's like this somewhat you know complicated procedures Mm -hmm. but there was like it was just so fucking smooth. It was in terms of a rescue. It was two, like the opposite. Two hours up to the seventeen. Yeah, and that wasn't. I mean, that was and going then, fast, but we knew we had to save some for the way down. Yeah, so we weren't like trying to crush it big. And then a total of four hours for the rescue, just, which is unheard of. Normally, a rescue from seventeen is an eighteen to twenty-four hour mm-hmm. endeavor. So this is um, this touches on maybe something that highlights a subject that's coming up a little bit, which is when the individuals are capable, then the structure that they support is uh, you don't have to question it, and so these uh, you don't have to. Uh, everybody's trying to build structure, generally speaking, like a business, a thing, and they're just trying to put pieces in because. That seems like it's the thing. If I have enough people around, then enough shit can get done. Right. But I think I want to, you know, this shows me that if you build a bunch of individuals or individuals build themselves even better. Even better, yeah. yeah. Then then there is no question about how, how, like, absolutely well-oiled a structure can work. One of the things that I've I've found with uh, really, you know, guys who are good alpinists Mm -hmm. is that uh the ones that stay with it except for the french people are (laughs) fringe no no french french the french people except for the french people (laughs) i was was gonna say i don't think he said i think he said french (laughs) except for the french people the uh, don't it's they're they're um they don't need to know stuff they don't need to uh, it's okay to like, when we got in that position, only one guy could be the guy who was setting the anchors ahead. And no one gave a shit who that was. And since Steve was uh, the fastest. Yeah, at, at being able to visualize and set up anchors. He went first. Yeah. And, and Pete, There's no question. Pete Athens didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. He, you know, 10-time Everest summiter, you know, amazing, amazing climber. Uh, Mark didn't care. Mark would put in the rear because we knew Mark was going to be the guy that was going to make sure that nothing happened bad in the in the rear. Right. And Pete and I, because we're big, we're like, we're going to take one whole side of the bag and then the other four guys can take the other side. Yeah. And no one questioned anything and we didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, well, Steve's like, okay, I'm going to set anchors. And Mark's like, okay, I'm going to be in the back with the rope. Like, 
setting anytime I can get a belay, I'm going to get a belay around a gendarme or you know whatever it is to you know help belay this so that you know there's back shit up, that, back shit up, and and oversight, right? Whatever. Yeah. So do you got? I mean, I I, I, I kind of. But it was no discussion. Yeah, well, we didn't talk. And, and there was no hierarchy like, I need to be the leader. No, no. It was no. like, okay, most competent guy does, you know, in, in the position, takes that position. Well, I, yeah, because the, well, no one needs to prove that they're better than the other person because the collective works and it right. doesn't matter how it works. It and matters because it we're works. already fucking there and no one else is. But, yeah. and so there's no question about so does like, this. We don't need to fucking have a competition within the organization when... We've so how shitty does it feel to come back to a normal world where things don't work like so, that? So Somerset Mom, in the book Razor's Edge, <laughs> has this great line, which is, it's easy to be a holy man in the mountains. And uh, one of the things that I used to do um, as a... Uh, uh, Fuck, there's a great reward, revolting Cox song called Razor's Edge. Reward anyway. or punishment. <laughs> no, reward and punishment for my climbing trips was the day I got home, I would go downtown Minneapolis during, during lunch hour and just walk around in the thousands, throngs of people on Nicollet Mall and force myself <laughs> to be in that environment after getting to be in the land of the perfect master. <laughs> and... Some trips, hard trips, I used to call it the month of Hagen and movies. You know, like I fuck you, I'm not dealing with anything. You know, like I'd go to work or whatever mm-hmm. I had to do. You know, yeah. but like I'm not dealing with you. You know, it's too hard for me to do that. And I'd say the the check was easily the worst experience that I ever had in my life. So coming back from that was the worst experience I ever had in my life. Yeah. It is impossible to... Uh, Which I think we t- one of the p- sort of conversations we talked about, it, the, like the how long it takes to get to that point to express perfect mastery in the mountains. Yeah. Let's say like on a Himalayan trip, you know, you're, it takes three weeks, four weeks before you're even ready to try something and then you try the thing and then maybe you fail and then you try it again and blah, blah, blah. And then like eight weeks later you come home and you're home in four days. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and the, the reintegration, I didn't Scott ever know about walking around the mall. Um, that for, for me, a lot of the, the, the trips, if I, if I was coming back to Chamonix, it was easier because I was going back to a land of people who knew. Yeah. Right, like a very small village. People are in the mountains. They, you know, and you could, surrounded by it at least. Yeah, and surrounded it's part by of the it. Culture and, and and many and all of my friends, you know, they'd like mm-hmm. would have been in the mountains or would have been in, even in the Himalayas. And then like, oh, I get it. Yeah, let's let's go, like, in, on let's go to the crag in the afternoon at the heat of the day and maybe climb, but maybe just hang out at the base <laughs> of the crag, you know, or whatever. But there was no walking around the mall and reintegrating. If I was going back to Seattle or I was going back to even Boulder after the Slovak direct. You know, it's just like, okay, I can't, this is, it, it's, the, 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 the reintegration process is too short to, to handle. And then you start getting shitty as a person, or at least for me. Like no, I, no, so the, like, so the thing with that was, the reason I did that, you know, punishment and, and reward was because 
the magnificence of the alienation I felt was sublime. The juxtaposition of there and that compared to there and that was an acid trip. It was just like this incomprehensible experience of feeling and uh, visual and smell and touch because you're, you know, people are bumping you all the time. And, it, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's like so hard to really describe that to, you know, someone who hasn't, you know, had a, a, like a sailor. Like it would be the yeah. same thing as doing a solo uh, or even being with a couple of people and sailing around the world or whatever, you know, making it through the roaring 40s and doing all that shit and then coming back to, you know, say say you're from Paris and going and, you know, walking around Paris. So I'll, uh, I'm going to wrap this back around because I think this is actually pretty interesting. The, the, the disappointment in in people that don't know the difference between quarter pound <laughs> and one third <laughs> is the fact that they don't know. And so the difference between most people is they can't even tell the difference between shitty and sucks, let alone let alone bliss and hell. And I think when you understand those differences, uh normalcy is really depressing. Like not not people that just live in between the valleys as opposed to seeing the peaks and the valleys. Yeah. Um, and, and that <laughs> shockingly is an analogy of when you can peak and you can feel what that feels like, then you can understand how shitty it is sometimes to be in the valley. Yeah. I mean, if we talk a little bit, um, I don't know, Scott got to see some proofs and read some stuff tonight about, mm -hmm. uh, of, of refuge, which is a, a book about coming back down. Mm-hmm. And realizing, like, if, if I can't be down here and be comfortable, then I won't live, like, after having these experiences. Right. So how do I reintegrate? How do I um, find similar experiences or similar beauty or language or relationship, the intensity of that relationship of just knowing that, like, a, yeah, I'm tied to Scott on this rope and there's no protection points between us attached to the mountain um, but I know that he's not going to fall and kill me and I'm totally believe that I'm not going to fall and kill him mm. um, and myself at the same time. And, and now I come back down here and I'm walking around the fucking mall or whatever. Or this I'm is, riding my bike and I'm well, not even certain that the person driving next to me isn't going to like, you know, like a post and then her, swerve and kill me. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and, <laughs> right. and, and, but if, but if, and if, and if there is no beauty down here, if there is no love that's like that love, if there is no, um, sensitivity and emotional sort of openness to the stuff then 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 down here is untenable and then i have to go back up there and eventually i go back up there one too many times and i mm -hmm. stay and for me it's you know that idea of coming down and whether whether it's you know globally mm -hmm. after you know having been up and come down and you know a number of times and then just deciding okay i'm coming down for good um or if it's the coming down afterwards like you know scott's like oh the month of haagen and what did you say? Movies. Movies. Yeah. And then I think of like, okay, after we did the first Ascent of Beyond Good and Evil, um, I didn't go climbing for four fucking months. 
after that. I'm living in the epicenter of alpinism in the world. I do not want to go climbing because mm. I've fucking had enough. Mm. And not enough climbing. I've had enough life yeah. mm. at that yeah. point. And I just right. want to be down here and like, oh, okay, I gotta, guess I got to plug myself in again today. Yeah. Try and like right. come back, you know, whatever it is, recharge, refine mm -hmm. the desire. Hopefully my desire isn't gone for good because I really fucking dig what I'm doing. You know, I dig my path, my my path that I've chosen. Right. But right now, I don't want to be on it. Or 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 or, or 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 I'm not smart enough at this particular point in my career to understand that I am on my path right now. Yes. And that's the that's the thing that you know, some time and some time gives you is like you know ultimately, you know, uh, if it if it hadn't been for how <laughs> if it hadn't been for how uh, science fiction. It was the great quote from uh, who was that? Who said that? You remember the Mars shot? Yeah, yeah. Charlie Cicera. Yeah, Charlie Cicera. <laughs> uh, it was like it was like science fiction, like a Mars shot. If it hadn't been that, uh, after I, the Slovak. Yeah, after yeah. Slovak, I I I wouldn't have had such a hard time because I you know I really had figured out like it's this cycle you know mm -hmm. and. The reason Mark and I never failed was because it wasn't about the climbing anymore, you know? And, and that's like, that's, there's two favorite quotes I have from articles of Mark's. One is, uh, they're all homos. And I don't mean homosexual, I mean homogenized. And I, 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 I love that quote. That 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 quote fucking awesome. uh, is is one of my favorite quotes of all of his writing. And the second one uh, that has been, uh, especially when the article came out, was really um, not that people didn't always give Mark shit about his articles, but this particular line was like, "Oh fuck you guys," uh, was <laughs> uh, as as if, but, yeah. but we had transcended making mistakes. And, uh, you know, it's like, he's not talking about being badass. Mm -mm. He's talking about the exact opposite of that, mm -hmm. that both of us had ceded our existence to the mountain. And, and how do you, and, and how so, are you going to be? Come tired climbing on the mountain when you have become it. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, that, it, there's a bunch of different ways to describe it, but that that you know, uh, you know, we had transcended making mistakes. It's like, yeah, and so I then think you get they, to come I home. Think they, the religious experience of that is at one mint. Yeah, yeah, sure, and you know, <laughs> then you get to come home and pay bills Atonement? and yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, pay bills and you know, the. <laughs> there's some other choice lines in that same article about the people in France and you know Possibly. I'm just the guy I'm just the guy who has to take out the garbage or some shit like that you know yeah. and and no one knows and, and no one cares you know cuz everyone's taking out the garbage on Monday night yeah yeah and and it's like <laughs> but and the the trend the, the 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 context of the you know we transcended making mistakes I mean we've already been moving for 30 plus hours nonstop essentially um and 
were descending the West Ridge of Mount Hunter. There's a long section where you're on this sort of, I would say, 50-degree ice yeah. slope, traversing sideways. And you could, and if you have the rope between you, you know, you, you could protect yourself by putting an ice screw every end, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, every, you know, whatever, 50, 100 feet or something like that. And and we're probably traversing across that thing for 45 minutes Yeah, um, to, to get across. But we're not putting any gear in, but the rope is strung between us. And so if one guy goes, the other guy goes with him. There's no self-arrest. There's no nothing. It's just implicit trust. Part of that, that sort of giving, you know, giving up the paranoia that one might have early on, part of it's fatigue for sure. Yeah. You know, part of it we've been like pretty fucking deep, but part of it is just like, oh, we've just been, we have now been through many, many hours of this on this particular mountain in this particular situation. And I just know that he's not going to, he's not going to fuck up. I don't know. I'm not going to fuck up. And, and this is and the, again, and this goes is the back most to the partnership. Like this is the most economical way to do this. Right. This is, this is, I'm not letting my partner down here. Exactly. And this is how we are meant to do this. Cause there's a cost to questioning. Point. Like the, like, if I use energy to question whether or not I can trust that person, it's not trust anymore. Well, yeah, and that's like so two years ago, right? In a sense, like yeah, the, the, yeah that the, was the, that the, was past. Yeah, the questioning is there, was, and and I don't think actually in our partnership there was ever any questioning of, of that sort of thing. Um, but this was a sort of a level of trust that wasn't, um, I think, that was only noticed afterwards. Like in the moment, it, it this is just completely normal. We are yeah. we are on this thing, and yeah. and it's okay. It's a quarter inch of steel here. It's a quarter inch of steel there. That's keeping us on this, and we're and and we're moving. But it's it was completely natural mm-hmm. and organic in the way that you know that entire descent evolved, with the exception of having to call Massioli on the radio and say, <laughs> well, we the storm's starting. We can't see shit. Um, we're at a point where we could go left or right. What happened when you were up here? <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, skier's right. <laughs> Literally that simple, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> and then... Wait, right if I'm facing down or right if yeah, I'm facing up? Yeah, that's skier's right. Skier's right. Climber's right okay. is the opposite. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and... But but up until that point, we, it was just like everything just flowed so naturally. No question. No words needed. Nothing. Just like metaphysical connection between the two of us and the mountains. And then you write. Then I write something like, "Yeah, we transcended the making mistakes." And people are like, "You're not as good as you think you are." I'm like, well, um, guess what? We're still here. Yeah. That, that seems like. The so I guess we were at least up thing. to it. I. It, you <laughs> yeah. may be right. 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 <laughs> but I believed I was equal to what we were doing. And, and when you walk away, you out. know you didn't get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that it was. Right. That, that, was that part of my life was done. Yeah. You know, getting away with it was over that, that year in 1980, you know. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I mm-hmm. you know, I did some. <laughs> there were some other times when. <laughs> you know, when I failed upward. But it wasn't <laughs> that Mark's phrase. Yeah. Uh, but, but I would say that. Um, it wasn't for the same reasons. Right. You know, it wasn't because I didn't have the competency. It was because I, I, you know, as another favored Mark quote 
Always bite off more than you can chew. That way you're guaranteed to get more than everybody else. <laughs> and you'll never go hungry. <laughs> Did we cover it? Did we? <laughs> I, 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 obviously, there's more. There's no, a, there, no, there's, there's always going to be more. There's, there's always going to be more. There's a lot more, but I feel like we've come down. Oh, I, I'm going to say one more thing. Sure. Yeah. So, so the... Because if you say that, then I got something else. Good, good. So, <laughs> so the best part of climbing is not climbing, or at least alpine climbing. Mm. The best part of climbing, if you're lucky enough to be able to have this experience, is if you get left alone right after you come down from the route and you and your partner or partners are... Uh, sequestered some way in your tent or by yourself on a glacier or wherever. Or you've, set up, you've set up your base camp far from far other base from, camps. From everyone else. You're kind of antisocial in the first place. You have this uh, spiritual experience of a non-linear reliving the root in absolute safety and so between the two or three of you you start talking about the route mm. and it lasts hours as long as it needs to yeah yeah usually like you know four hours or five hours or something like and that and now you're reliving it because you're getting the experience from the perception of the guy you were with, with but yeah. from his angle him looking at you so it's almost uh, like a psychedelic phenomenology. Like right. a, he's, he's, it's almost like looking at yourself from behind yourself. Yes. And it is so, it, it, it and it, now you're safe and now there's food and now the clothes are dry and you're not in the clothes that you've been in for the last 72 it, hours it, or, it fills or, your heart so deep to be able to do that without with all those things taken care of. Yeah. And to share that experience with the only fucking people on the face of the earth that you could ever, forever share it with. Slideshow, best friend in town, doesn't really matter. It's all that one four or five hour period that is better than any other experience that I've ever had in my life, except in my particular case, the kids. I, this is, this is the, the, there was a lot of music that got played. <laughs> after we came down from the Slovak in those five hours or six hours or seven or whatever it was. And there was, I mean, there's the return to safety. So there's this joy. There's this like, oh, fuck, we made it. You know, we're here. And then there's like the re the recollection of the emo emotional depth that was required to get through it. And for me, this chameleon's track, which is basically why it's on the, CZD soundtrack <laughs> that got compilation that got put together. And it's like this 
this was it. This, this year. Yeah, this was the one. But there were, and for me right now, this is like the memorable of those sort of experiences. But there's also, you know, we came down off of Mount Hunter after Dune Deprivation and and Michael Kennedy and Greg Child were there. Ken Wiley, Joe Joseph, and they, they got our skis. They They went to the bottom of the Northwest Basin, that route, so that, to meet us because they knew that we were going to have to come back on foot if they didn't bring us our skis. And so they were there and we were, we had an inch of fuel left in the bottle. We could have made it. We'd have been fine. We were out of food, but fuck it. We had water. Food's not a thing. And, but then they're there and then we're back in base camp a couple hours later and then it's, Annie has made a bunch of food and we're in that warm fucking tent and we're reliving it with them. And and that return to safety, it's almost womb-like. Yeah. I have I'm not a goosebump guy and you know, I have goosebumps right now. And this maybe those that's when the lessons are learned. It's not up there doing it. It's in the that step between you know forced reintegration when you still have like a a voluntary reintegration like a okay now i'm with and the beautiful thing there is like i'm with my peers yeah and with and after the slovak it was just you and steve and i and 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 that was the best perfect in that tent with Michael and Greg and Annie and have, I think it was spaghetti of some kind yeah, or something. Yeah, it was so yeah, fucking good. Yeah. And and we could kind of share because those guys have been there. They've they've been up and come down and had that feeling. And so both Michael and Greg, they gave us the space. Yeah. Which I just recognize right now. I should thank that should be thankful for that because <laughs> fuck they could have fucked that up for us and they didn't they, they let us go through what we needed to go through yeah. at that at that point and um yeah those uh those moments afterwards holy fuck speaking of which <laughs> out of the blue got an email from Tom Sharp about a month ago <laughs> just saying just saying hey have you seen train spotting 2 do you remember yeah yeah oh my god dude basically oh god. mark sinclair i just told that, that story like I, I just told that story fucking isle of jura i mean i just yeah. like um so tom if you're checking into the podcast got your email i'm going to answer the day that i I can bring myself to do so, but all I will, but I will never forget. I still have seen Mark Sinclair's business card in my fucking file. I will never forget that late night phone call. I will never. Yeah. Like, that was pretty devastating. Yeah. But those, and those are two pieces of that same trip. Right. Like here we're trying to get, you know, we're in the tent with those guys and reading fucking train spotting in the appropriate them in the appropriate Scottish accent yeah. with the appropriate libations while we're trying to get our shit together to go up on that root bar, you know. Right. And then the flip side of that is, you know, come down, they're gone, but the other guys are there. Right. 
and uh, we've kind of been to the edge of the world and come back and to have someone uh, there to sort of soften the landing is pretty fucking powerful yes so the chameleons second skin it's off a record their second album called script of the bridge and uh Every, Top it, ten it, best, and and every time you come down from a like transformative experience like that, it is you you have new skin. Yeah, you have yeah. become someone different, and and uh, now it's okay. How is this different person gonna be? Um, when he gets home. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, thank you. So, Michael, thank you for uh, having I, me. And and uh, you know, this can't be. This will not. This can't be the last one because <laughs> because we haven't talked about you know Bolivia's only heavy metal band. <laughs> we haven't talked about Twenty Seven Miles Through the Night, where wheels beat oh feet. My God. We have not talked about. Oh my god. It uh, won't be the last like, one, and I've no, looked forward. Be. Just, I've looked forward to this one for I think, uh, obviously, when we started this a year ago. Um, I've, this is, I mean, something I've looked forward for for a while. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, my me. pleasure. And and uh, I think that the uh, uh, ability to not talk about climbing talking about climbing is one of the best parts about my partners mm. and uh so but this is like to like i just i keep flashing back right now to any number of times when we looked at each other and wished we had the ability to record the conversation that was happening in that moment right like right that, we even talked about it that I mean, fucking we, snow hole that oh my god that jojo and ken wiley dug and went yeah. down there with steve Massioli and greg and michael and you know there's there, there's any number of disinhibitors being passed around <laughs> and the conversation is fucking amazing we're just looking at each other like holy shit if we could record this it would be amazing part of that is part of the beauty of it is that it is transitory that it is we'll never be in that situation again and to preserve it is almost criminal in some way um so now we maybe in this style of communication or whatever we can relive it in in, in some way that night there, at least there was a few pictures you know michael had a camera and yeah i've got i've got one i did two yeah. from that yeah. night of uh mm -hmm. and, and or day or whenever. I mean, we're in the fucking hole in the glacier. Who knows what day, it, right, what time of day right. it was. Doesn't fucking matter. Um, but to, to we were in there for a long time, so it was probably part both. of night and part of day. <laughs> <laughs> and and just to, to to think back on some of that stuff, and and now to maybe you know relive it and realize like, okay, well, we it wasn't appropriate at the time, but maybe now. Um, with some perspective and, and, and with all of the honesty that we can bring to it to not make shit up because I, um, all of 
these truths are the things that made us who we are. And yeah. uh, I, I would definitely... Um, yeah, you can't change a step, you know. I mean, that's the that's the whole point is that, yeah. you know, I, uh, I have... Uh, maybe we'll talk about this the next time, but I have one regret in my life, in my entire life. I have a bunch of things that I did wrong that I'm more than happy to be culpable for but like I literally only have one regret in my entire life and uh and and, and you know I, I think that all the missteps that we took becoming alpinists uh were so gravely overshadowed by all the things that we learned that um that's the worth of the experience So, you taught me how to say it. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on that note, let's uh, let's wrap it. All right. Good night. Thanks, guys. <laughs>